Because you said bone before I press record. Oh, scream. <laughs> yeah, it's giving sick and shutting, y'all. Don't age. <laughs> that is not okay. I did one little ab exercise, and now the doll is on all types of medications. Child, please. Mama said, Let me take my meds now because I just ate breakfast. <laughs> oh, I know you're down when you're going to get up. Now, I'm trying to. This naproxen ain't proxen. <laughs> I want to be back in class. Y'all, y'all, I've become a, um, a workout doll now. I love that for you. <sighs> the absent core. Oh, but the week I ain't since I ain't been to no class is giving hood good. <laughs> my stomach really be fluctuating based on how much I'm working out. It's crazy. Like, my stomach will never be flat. Well, let me not say that. My stomach doesn't get, I has not gotten super flat, but when I'll be like going to the pole like three times a week and doing like little ab stuff at home, I'll be seeing a difference. Like I literally was just starting to get the little, you know, you get the six pack, the line on the outside. Mm-hmm. I was just starting to get the outside line on my left side until then I got injured. So now it's giving Rihanna last night at the, um, uh- it's giving Rihanna last night at the Sephora event. I mean, at the Ulta event. At least it's no stretch marks. Rihanna's stomach will be pretty when she pop this baby out. Yeah, it look good. Did you see she had the waist, the waist beat on? That's exactly how my waist beads look. About to pop. <laughs> Dirty pop. Say and sing. We coming to y'all next. I'm screaming. <laughs> huh, welcome to another episode of this bullshit. Y'all crazy as hell for listening to us on a regular basis. And we love it. We love that. You guys say like Kim's um Kim's old voice. We love that. <laughs> why does she talk like that? But if we she be turning it off and on. Which is why I want her to pick one. Pick a side, pick a side. Chill. The girl is ten faced it. What you expect? <laughs> you know how some be so funny, you just laugh dust out. <laughs> Ow. You know, I can't laugh good with my, with my, listen, y'all never know what muscles you need to do stuff until you injure a muscle, y'all. I can't laugh, sneeze. My muscle in my back hurts so bad, y'all. I'm screaming. I, mind you, we talk every day, hourly, minutely, secondly, and I did not know, <laughs> and secondly, honey, I didn't know that you like had an upset in your back. Yeah. Y'all know me will not be taking my health situation seriously. <laughs> Meanwhile, be in the hospital and doll be like, oh, girl. <laughs> she not lying, but it's only because it's always something wrong. And I'd be like, everything can't be that bad as that. Yeah. I also have some tinnitus in my ear, but whatever. We won't discuss. Um, oh, my God. It's a lot. <laughs> my body is over it. Ever since the pandemic, my body just been downhill, y'all. Break, break down. <sighs> Don't turn 36. So how are we starting the show? 
It started now. I'm already laughing. The fuck? That's the show. Oh, well, I think it's time for some use with the news. Ooh, a segment. Insert news clippings sounds here. <laughs> What's that? Support? So... I don't know what y'all did this week, but there was a lot of mess afoot. And when the mess be afoot, I do too. Nicki Minaj and Joe Budden, yeah, it's a strong, firm, hard, rocky no for me. I just want her to be a real person for five seconds. And I don't think I'm ever gonna get that. So I'm just gonna keep saying, oh, she's very talented when people bring her up in an effort to not say anything else. You didn't watch it. I didn't. I saw clips though on Twitter, everybody was going off and was like, she's an actual crazy person. It's just that- And delusional. I think that there were good parts. I think that there were bad parts. And I think that there were ugly parts. Oh. But mainly, she just weaves all of her stories to make herself seem like the victim, no matter what she's doing. I also think that it was a reconciliation type of vibe going on between them two, because they've had like their quarrels in the past. I don't think it was anything that serious, but she'd be making everything serious. And Joe Budden just gave her the license to lie on this. And I was like, well, that's interesting. He's not calling her out at all. Not give her a license to lie. I like the way he was sitting down, though. It was very Butch Queen-esque. I love Joe Budden. That's part of why I watched it. But she come out the gate just saying wild stuff. She admits to the butt shots that she claimed she didn't have until just now. She also... But you... Has she talked about the change in size? Like, they've gone up and down in size so much over the years. She didn't really go into detail about that. She just said that they were shots. She didn't get implants. And they were like illegally done like the kind that you go to somebody's basement and just get squirted into she oh it's giving the tea girl um method uh-huh she made that clear she said that she didn't have a doctor or anything like that blah 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 which i thought that that was big of her because she's been lying her whole life about that and then she also like big big up little kim for her impact and she has said good things about kim in the past but you know they have like a cd trajectory as far as history is concerned that got on my nerves because why are you doing it now like what is this for girl it that's what it that's what it was given to me it's like you got music coming out or something like you have I was gonna say, it's an apology towards what you what it sound like you're saying to me but she did that with the last album like why you got to do that every time i'm excited about queen because right? none of us is buying it so she got to keep trying to sell it i also do think like just to give her a little bit of grace i do think that Motherhood has changed her for the better. That voice that she be using is fake. That's annoying. But love the the son. Like I can't I can't say nothing bad about that. I every time that she brought up accolades that other people are getting, it was a dig towards them that got on my nerves. Vogue covers. Anytime she brought that up, it was about Cardi. Grammys. Anytime she brought that up, it was about Megan. It's just like. You are not slick. So, she's just delusional. Like, let, I'm going to talk about the Vogue thing. Nikki, you are not a fashion girl. You've never looked beat in your life. Like, there's times she's looked nice. 
like remember when um she first like was undone and was at the i think vmas and she had that like blue long sleeve dress on she looked nice but she wasn't giving b out the frame like you've never looked bomb nikki why would you be on the cover of hope there was this one moment the group chat knows exactly the stylist but there was like a week where she was fire every day I don't think that that's long enough of a run for anybody to take you seriously from a fashion perspective. And then she tried to talk about her impact slightly without saying her impact. What was her impact? Pink tracks under pronto wigs? That does come up. She Not necessarily that, that pink hair, but she said that it seemed like everybody needed to have a pink wig after her. She was like, every female rapper that came out had a pink wig. And everybody knows that that's something that's linked with her. She called out the pink wig, thick ass line because that was her give at the moment. And then she said it seemed like there was a, her and Joe agreed with her. He said that there was a female rapper starter kit. Basically after she came out, everybody started to look the same. And in my mind, I was like, you can't predicate your look as something of impact because even if the girls did something after you, you did it after Kim. So that's not credit that you can give yourself. Like, girl, she wasn't doing nothing that people wasn't already doing. Nothing is new under the sun, and she really thinks that there's some shit that she did long enough or took ownership of, and she should be getting props for that. She also called out, and I'm like going all over from the order of operations of the interview because I don't want to spend too much time on it. But she made it seem like middle part black bone straight weave to the ground was something that she made up. Have you never seen Naomi Campbell? Have you never seen Cher, ho? And that's how you, she, she mentioned Cher, but she was like, wasn't no hood girls doing it or nothing like that. And I'm just like. That is a lie. Cause I've been was wearing, um, what's the little gluing bust downs in, in high school. This how you know that Nicki Minaj not really like the girl that she, Think she is. That is not groundbreaking. People in DC say long to the thong all day long when it comes to weave length. Girls been wearing their hair to their ankles since since. The only celebrity I feel like that can lay claim to long center part bust down or, or super long weave in general is Azalea Banks. No. Azalea Banks was the first celebrity girl that was walking around in 40 inch hair. And that's why she called herself Young Rapunzel. That's she was doing that before you, Onika. You still wearing pack hair. <laughs> it's never wrong pack hair. I'm a pack hair apologist, but <laughs> delusional. She's a delusional lady. It's sad. I'm about to call CPS. It's real bad. And then she tried to, she just, she, she was calling people out for like making her insecure about certain stuff. She said that Kanye West put Kim Kardashian in her face because she came to him when the Fendi thing was selling out or the Fendi thing came up or whatever, and she wanted to get, like, get his input or like, pick his brain about fashion and like how to do her own judge, blah, 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 blah. And she made it seem like he said he couldn't do anything with her because his wife would feel some kind of way if he did something with another female first. First of all, Kim Kardashian is not starting no motherfucking Nicki damn Naj. And if Kanye West did that, it was just him pulling another one of those, my man, my man, my man, because that's how he is when it comes to Kim Kardashian. But I could also see him just saying that because he think that you a Bama. But, well, that, okay. and, but also too, I feel like as a, as, Kanye's place is definitely to get Kim and her family lit. And so 
And also, your loyalty also needs to be to your family. So why would he put Nikki on before he put the wife and her family on? Like, to me, that don't make no sense. Like, if I was Kim, because now she got the Fendi skims or whatever, but if I was Kim, I would be like, um, hello? Do my deal first. We, we got kids together. Like, this is our kids' school money. I wouldn't be, I don't think, she, I'm not saying be a hater about it. I'm just saying I understand the idea of I'm not about to put you on before I put my wife on energy. I completely get that. And I don't, I don't really understand marriage. So I like hear exactly what you're saying. And I understand that part, but I really don't see Kim Kardashian even mentioning Nicki Minaj in a fashion context. Kanye West barbied. Kim, just like he barbied Amber, just like he barbied whoever the else he's dealing with at any given time. But Kim Kardashian makes her own deals, does her, lays her own claims, and does all of that business shit with her family outside of Kanye. She wouldn't have needed a put on from Kanye. Kanye was using her as an excuse. But so, Kanye, but but Kanye is her original put on. Like the only reason the fashion industry care about Kim and the family is because Kanye sold them to. I agree with that. But I still don't think that he, like, was in the meeting rooms and giving her, like, I don't know if it was given that. And Nikki was making it. This is not even, like, what Nikki was making it seem like. This is me and my thoughts. I can totally see Kanye being like, no, this bitch cannot dress. I'm not talking to her about clothes. (laughs) Like, literally that. I think that it was simple as fucking that. Like you said, Nicki Minaj been beat twice. So it's not really given fashion anything. And then she tried to say, I'm not going to, like, play on the impact of Kim. Kim definitely deserved a Vogue cover. You're not wrong at all, but the, the things that female rappers were getting, even in an accolade standpoint, weren't that back then. That mm-hmm. phenomenon of crossover into lanes of that nature that way. Like, everybody know that Kim is a fashion girl. Everybody got her name attached to Marc Jacobs and Christian Dior and, like, all of that. She was the girl. But as far as getting on white covers and stuff like that, that's... That was not about to happen for no Kimberly. That just didn't happen for hip-hop people back then. It was given vibe. It was given XXL. It was given what it was given. And it's not the fault. I don't know. She just... That wasn't even the only thing. She just got on my nerves. She also... Because I'm, I'm talking too much about her at this point. It's making my stomach turn. I... Find it odd that last time we heard about Queen Radio when she was on the air high yelling at everybody and putting bomb sounds down, she was very like numbers driven and talking about how she was the number one this and that in rap and blah, 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 blah. But now it's, oh, who you know talk about their top five and it's based on how many Grammys they got. That's not how you measure rap, blah, 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 blah. Well, when did you start caring about it like that? Because that's not what you said the other day. I don't know. It's just... She made good points sometimes. She said good things sometimes. But for the bulk of the interview, it seemed like she was backtracking and trying to get the vote of the people. It was very much shaking hands, kissing babies. And you're not Obama. So, like, I'm not going to believe you from that. And the other thing that about the part you were just saying about numbers and stuff, the only people, only fans who care about numbers is her fans. So it just kind of felt like Nikki, where you have no self awareness because the only people that be talking about sales, number one, this day, how many weeks is Barb's? <laughs> Nobody else be caring. Like Cardi fans be like, oh, Cardi did whatever, go off, doll, and call it a day. 
Yeah, she still really feels some kind of way about that Cardi stuff, it's apparent. She's showing that she feels a lot of a kind of way about Megan, and that's weird because Megan- Tell me more about the Megan part. The numbers thing, I feel like, came out of Megan winning those Grammys. And I firmly believe that Megan won at least one of those Grammys solely to make Beyonce get that breakthrough record. I agree. Like, I, I think, agree. I think that the Grammys have worked out a deal with Beyonce because... Because she can do great, that. sweetie. Yeah, hell no. But, I mean, and whatever. We all know that they... And honestly, barely savage. Beyonce was the best part of Savage. Be Savage turned into Beyonce song "Thanks to the Dream," and I do not care what nobody say. Like Megan part on Savage was corny. Megan's spelling off. I don't. We don't have to talk about it because it's all. Yeah, it's just really heartbreaking. I, I didn't mean to jump into the cast upset, <laughs> but y'all was upset when Kim Kardashian said, "Get your fucking nice ass from work." So. That's what I'm telling Nicki Minaj to do. Just put out music that's good. Because I don't care. Pink Print is her best album. And she don't care about that. I wouldn't know a thing. <laughs> Justice for favorite. I don't know. I ain't had nothing for Nicki since um, if Drizzy said get him, I'ma get him. No, that's a fucking hit. I got that kind of wait, wait. Mixtape, which bitch you know made a million off a of mixtape? That was just a keepsake. Man, for peace sakes, scratch that sweepstakes. Sweepstakes. Uh-uh. No, that's what Mama was rapping. I ain't gonna lie though. You know what? What Nicki song? Recent Nicki song I do like that's post up all night. Um, yikes, we doing it for likes. That was a good song. I'm not- but I only like it because Fasim made all them videos to it. <laughs> <laughs> and he just was just going off so bad. I was like, this song kind of do slap. I get it. Amy, what's wrong with the children? Should we talk about Kanye since you since you brought him up? Yeah, I had to bring him up because that part got on my nerves. But I do want to talk about the documentary at last. So go off. So I saw the first part of the three part genius um, during the Sundance Festival. I guess that was January. Top of February, whatever. Um, loved it. Okay, maybe I should start with where I'm at with Kanye before Genius. Where, where I'm at Kanye is, I don't care. <laughs> um, Jesus is my favorite Kanye album. Period. And I have not really said my last Kanye album I listened to was Life of Pablo. And it wasn't on the same level as Jesus. So I made a decision that I wasn't going to listen to any more Kanye music (laughs) because I want to, like when somebody passes away, like I always, I don't want to go to the funeral because the last time, I want to have my last memory of them being alive and talking and laughing and I don't want my last memory to be them laid up. So it's the same way with certain artists. If your album is really, really, really good, when the next one comes, I might not listen to it because I don't want to have my last memory you be a bad album. So, and I listened to Pablo anyway on a plane. I never forget, it was a long flight. And I was like, oh, I can listen to whole Pablo. It just dropped the day before or dropped that day. Terrible in comparison to Yeezus. Um, So I have not listened to Kanye. Um, I think Kanye's been in some bomb outfits since then. But that's <laughs> what I got for him. I mean, you um, know, 
don't have. So I don't have no ill feelings, but I also am not like he is a guy. Uh, 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 he is a guy. I'm just kind of like okay, whatever. Mm. But the documentary really, I'll say this. It really humanized the situation at hand because I think a lot of people take away the fact that, like, this is a human being. This is a human being that, like, had some very big struggles. This is somebody who uh, does not have the support system that a lot of us do. This is somebody that has a lot of yes people around them. And it's somebody that really, really is sick. And now that's not making um, excuses, but I think we need to ground ourselves in some reality about what's going on. So the first episode is really like the come up, right? So you're seeing like him in Chicago, him making beats with people for $10, you know, mm-hmm. doing all that. And you see his passion, like, and you really get to see the relationship between him and his mom. Um, and that's just really like sweet to see, like, Miss Donda, former um, um, English department chair of Clark Atlanta University, mm-hmm. um, she just so cute, and she just be she know all his songs, she rap all his little songs. It's so cute. Um, episode two is okay. College dropout came out, and then like, well, we're we're ramping up to college dropout coming out. You're seeing, you know, his struggles with the rock, not really trying to rock with him. No pun intended. Um, and then you see that he does, you know, they self self publishing so much stuff, paying for things themselves. You see him trying to get on. You see him being like, "Bro, bro, bro, can I play you a song?" Like, and you know, just seeing like this cute, hungry Kanye shit like that. And then he wins the Grammy. And then part three is more like what's been happening in the last like four or five years. So. Um, it's so heartwarming. I feel like, cause you like, yo, Kanye always loved this shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't like, I don't feel like a lot of artists love music like that. Not in the way Kanye do. No, people get into the business and then just like the money of it. I think after a while. Exactly. And I feel like Kanye would do this if he wasn't getting money. Yeah. Like he eats, sleep, breathe, poop music. And so that's really heartwarming to see. But in the part three, it was it was some uncomfortable moments. I'm not gonna lie. Like even the guy that was shooting him, who's his longtime friend, who um had been shooting from before Kanye got on, it was moments where he was like on a voiceover, like I had to put the camera down because Kanye would just start going on these crazy, like not crazy, I don't want to use that word. He would just go on these like wild tangents and just be going. And it'd be incoherent. And he just like, no, nah, I got to put the camera down. So I'm not going to have my mans on camera, like, like looking incoherent. And, you know, he was saying things like, nobody's going to say nothing. Like, all these people around and nobody's saying nothing. Nobody's checking in. Like, and they have been disconnected for a long time because, you know, once Kanye got sucked up in the fame, your old homies ain't going to be around. Mm-hmm. Especially because your old homies not going to put up with certain things that your yes men are going to. So it was a really beautiful film. Um, I encourage everybody to check it out. If you are a Kanye hater, don't waste your time because all you're going to do is complain. But if you are a human being, you have a heart. <laughs> um, if you, know, you put Christ first, 
then um, I think you should definitely, definitely check it out. I haven't seen anybody say anything bad. I, everybody says the same stuff that you've been saying. It's really heartfelt. It's good to see him in his element, X, Y, Z. I hate that they just let him, you know, like degrade mentally without doing those check-ins that you said. That's kind of not even a testament of real friendship. I wish I would be out here, I don't know, shaking cans for change, just doing anything. And nobody was like, uh, y'all seen me, is he okay? And why ain't nobody go get him? You know what I'm saying? It's just like this whole thing of everybody be so wrapped up in their own life or, oh, I don't want to interfere. But let me tell you the kind of friend I am, because I've been like this since college. When I have friends that I've seen going down, uh-uh, we call an appearance. Mom, come down here and come get her. Mm-hmm. We call, we coming up there. You know what I mean? It was situations with a girl that you know, you know, and it was very much like, okay, um, what's going on? We coming to get you. Yeah. We in our this situation. And that's how you have to be with your friends. You ain't never too grown for your friends to tap in. And that's just how I feel about it. <laughs> but everybody want to do their own thing. Everybody want to be like, oh, Kanye, he a genius. Da, da, da. You can tell that he is not well. Yeah. And I also do not like them Sunday service people. <laughs> you say that as I wear my Jesus is King hoodie right now on this. Zoom. I know. <laughs> I don't. It's something about, because I just feel like the people that's around Kanye from watching the film, the third part, are people who just want to be in the mix. Oh, that's messy. Like, and 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 I might not be true, but from my perspective, from what I could see, the Jesus, the um Jesus King, the Sunday service people don't give me. I love the Lord, and I'm doing Christ's work. It give I get to say I do Sunday service with Kanye. I only can see that because it's like very reputable and well known in the industry. Background singers that do Sunday service. They be on tour with everybody. It don't give come from a place of God. And not to say that they not holy or they not Christians or nothing like that. I don't know these people background, but I be pointing to people out at Sunday service like, oh, he used to sing for Rihanna. Oh, he used to sing down to the like, blah, blah, blah. Like I know, I seen their faces before. They be at Taco Tuesday with Stevie Mackey. They in singing community, like they the children. So it never gave church for real, for real. I'm sure that Kanye get up there and be preaching. I've never been able to go to one. I love no, he ain't really like there's a clip where he is in his studio he got like scriptures printed out everywhere like he really is tapped in he is really on his on his christ walk um i don't know who's guiding that, that journey but it just don't give that the it don't seem to me that the sunday service girls are as tapped into the church of it all like kanye mm-hmm and that's not okay because they the people that played him like they're the people. He's kind of like the Kirk Franklin. Right. And they not the family. <laughs> they there for that. <laughs> what what um what Lotto say? They there for that shmarmy. <laughs> that is not a line. Of- she said that about me. She said she getting to the shmarmy. <laughs> I for one am very glad that. Amaretto Sour the Great came out and said what she said about people being from where they from. <laughs> How I am when it comes to DC. I have follow-up questions when people say they're from the DMV. Well, that is not Atlanta. Listen, she said the North is not Atlanta. 
The South is not Atlanta. I know that's right. Okay, it is not Atlanta. <laughs> you going all like was it nothing Atlanta? I'm glad. But then Lotto's remix is everything. Did you hear it? It's everything, and like she kind of cleared Amaretta Sour too. But I like they, they did it together. I know, but I like the back and forthness of it. Cause um, Lotto's whole thing was, well, if we not Atlanta, all the artists is not Atlanta's, but we made Atlanta. So notice that though, like I, I know when we lived in Atlanta that first year, I hated it there. So I was like paying attention to all of the fake stuff and the bad stuff, like trying to be, I need to leave. Nobody from Atlanta. Sierra is a military kid, so she bounced around until she ended up in North Atlanta High School. Or whatever, like she went to a popular Atlanta high school. So like she claims Atlanta. Carrie Hilson is from Decatur. I mean, she'll say that, but it's not like my city where if you're not from a place that's in DC, people from DC gonna call you out. You could be from Decatur and people from Atlanta until Amaretto was not gonna say, oh, she's not from Atlanta. Like, not I, Atlanta. I didn't know that until I went to college that that was something that cities don't all do. People right. generally- Monica, right. Monica from Clayton County, Lotto. Yeah. Meagles, none of them people from like Atlanta proper. Like ain't and none of them from Vinings. <laughs> and none of them from uh from Weston. Ooh. I'm going to Atlanta next month. We'll see how that goes. Oh, but, what you going to Atlanta for? I wanna go. Um, it's Andre birthday and the boys just meeting up. Oh, that's cute. Um, did she say East Point is not Atlanta? <laughs> I don't remember that part. I gotta go back and read the notes. But East Point is like on the way to the airport. Actually, East Point is its own city, so it's not. Yeah, I was gonna say it's probably not Atlanta. East Point is not Atlanta. <laughs> I say one thing though, I've always lived in Atlanta. Yeah, I have. First I lived in West End, then I moved to Midtown, so I'm always Atlanta. I Stephanie Pop is Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I lived there. De- Downtown, I lived right off of Northside Drive. I lived technically in like Mechanicsville at one point. I lived in Buckhead, which is not Atlanta. And I lived in like off, like East Atlanta, like Moreland. Like That's two, Atlanta. Two little five points, yeah, lived over there. Like right by where Cynthia lived. Come on, 50 Cent. That's where everybody live at now. You know, we go to Atlanta, we got to get hotels because my, our friends don't live in the city no more. They don't live in Atlanta. Oh, I'll be in East Point in a show house. <laughs> like, they, they just live far. Far out. Speaking of Lotto, her album is dropping March 25th. I'm super excited. I will say, though, you know, we love Queen of the South around here. Um, but I feel like her music after that has been a whole bunch of like pussy pop, make it drip, wet, blah, wop music. Which I don't mind, but I like Lotto when she's lottoing. I get that. Um, That's another thing that Nikki popped up about. Popped up. She said everything has become super duper explicit and fuck this, suck that, blah, 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 blah. That's all her music. It was just another dig at Cardi because of the WAP song and um, Megan, because of most of her music, it was just like constant that. But again, not trying to make it delusional. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, so she premiered her new single with Twenty One Savage, her rumored boyfriend. 
And I was hoping it was going to be like they first off, pull up, drop the top, hop out with the out. Hey. Up, baby, clock, bitch, I came to mop. Pocket full of knots. I get wrecks a lot. But it wasn't a street record. It was a WAP record. But it don't bother me. Oh, no. I, and I love the video. The video is so good. She looks so good. She's dancing down. 21 looks sharp as always. Shout out to his stylist, Fatima. Yeah, he's dressing, actually. He be looking bomb all the time. That extended sleeve blazer moment that he had on, won it. We'll be researching the time. 21 actually dressed the way, like, you would dress if you had, like, a million dollars to spend on clothes. Mm-hmm. That, if I had those dollars. <laughs> if you were paid for points. <laughs> paid for blood. Yes, but so I'm excited. I actually think I want to go to the tour now. Okay, now I don't know about all that. It's just something about rap, like full rap concerts that I just be like, where is the singing at? I don't know if that's just a me thing, but it just be like, it gotta be a mix. Because the you say you need to the aunt. <laughs> the Rolling Loud lineup is five. Like, this is the most five one I've ever seen. I really think that I would enjoy myself if I go to this one. But it's just something about being around all of them young-ass, like, rap trap joints that I know I have no interest in. And I feel like I'm going to be over it. Just yeah, I would never go to Rolling Loud because of the crowd. But I feel like a lot of crowd in Philly will that be... Huh? That might go off a, a lot. It's gonna be a bunch of hood girls. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. And um, Santana and that girl that do that song, uh, uh-uh, uh, is oh, is Callie. A, I love Callie. A pretty oh, girl. God, she's so pretty. They the opening acts. Oh, everything. I might go. Okay, now I changed my mind. See, let me know, Joel. The tickets is like twenty dollars. Will purchase. I'm championing for Santana's album in a way that I never expected to. Yeah, I need him to do all of our cuts. What is it? Wham. Need that. Marnie on my body. Balenci on the sneakers. You love that part. I do, because I want me a Marnie sweater so bad. Dude. They just look so cozy. Dude. Marnie actually is like one of those things where I'd be like, where is the sale? Never coming, baby. We're going <laughs> to go to real, real. Them little furry shoes. Still want them. Don't care how long it takes for me to get them, but... They still like eight hundred dollars. They are, and I'm prioritizing furniture. My bar cart is—I'm not going to even say how much it costs, but it's going to be Hayana. Hiya! That's what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he after he would say something was a chop. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? That's funny. <laughs> what I don't think is funny is Keisha Cole's uncensored. Uh, is everybody okay? You know how I am when it comes to documentaries and insight on people's lives and you behind the music type exposés. I live for that shit. But I hate when things show me that people are really just not happy. It was chaotica. <laughs> like, the storytelling was so all over like be labored and all over the place like i was trying to follow her talking about how she met mc hammer and suge knight and tupac but i just couldn't put the dots together because the way she tells stories is non-linear and <laughs> crazy 
you know, I blame everything on drugs. I don't know what her specific vices are, but Keisha Cole don't be sober. It just don't give all the way there sometimes. Allegations. I we gotta we gotta say allegations. We ain't trying to get Yeah, I have no proof. We're not trying to get Tasha K. <laughs> I have no proof about this at all. And I hope that she's well, but it just to me skews inebriated a lot. Not like ghetto or slur words or messy or anything like that, but just Lisa Barlow, uh Meredith from Meredith Marks from those are still girls. I don't care what nobody say. Allegedly. Allegedly. And I think that Keisha Cole be popping them right with her. It's fine. Beehive, I'm fine with it. I don't care. But yeah. Because you don't sound you sound a little strange. What was interesting though. Her and Eve not being friends no more because she smacked that girl. No. Oh, that was interesting. <laughs> that was a random story. But what's interesting was she was like that she wound up moving back to LA once she got older. And she was staying at this hotel. She was like $50 a night or something like that. And she somehow met Megan Good. And Megan Good is who, like, shepherded her into meeting all these people, including Kanye, that led to her first album. That is so random. You never know who people friends with. She said that Megan, hold on. She got friends with Megan through the sister. The sister was friend was talking to her brother. It was this real convoluted black way that she met Megan Good and then Megan Good put her on. Well, you know, the sister is Eric Villager's wife, so she know everybody. Right. But I'm just saying, like, she gave some real crazy black how we know each other story Mm -hmm. about how she met Megan Good and Megan Good is how she got on. Like, it was the sister, cousin, baby father, stepbrother who, you know that girl, Octavia, he knew her. Exactly. (laughs) I love crazy stories like that. (laughs) <laughs> like I told you how Amber Mark she was like she wasn't making music she wasn't writing music she wasn't doing nothing she's working at a hair salon and the girl the girl that owned the salon friend that used to come do hair there sometimes or something was like oh yeah I got a job at at, Rock, at, at Rockefeller Rock Nation and I need an intern. And so she's like, you want to come with me and be my intern? And so she was just working at the label. <laughs> I was just like, what be these stories? The ring around the rosy and the weave abouts and all that of the friendships is funny. Because what? It's because not- what? <laughs> black on black, no matter where it is. Because that is black. White people do not have that. You'll never hear, well, you know, Bob knows Lisa and Lisa's the sister of, like, that's not a thing for white people. It'd just be like our dads with the yell together and that'd be the end of the story. It'd be one connection. <laughs> It'd just be giving, yeah, they was in the clan. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Meanwhile, Blackie would be like, well, my play comes in half removed. <laughs> Uncle Niece. You know, I grew up with them and I raised her kids. If you like that, like why? Why do nepotism like black people? Because it be the most disconnected people. It's real bad, but still related somehow. (laughs) I brought you my cousin today. That is not my real cousin. We are not blood, but we look alike. And I raised him. See? Family. (laughs) Hello, put me on cousin. (laughs) But yeah, so Keisha, I mean, 
Her unsung, I mean, sorry, not unsung, it's uncensored, which is different. Um, uncensored is when people tell their life story in their own words. Unsung is when it's like a narrated thing. Mm-hmm. So her uncensored was interesting. I mean, I think Did for the most part, it was things that we knew, but to hear her talk about it was a little different. She did say she exposed that uh, Booby was cheating on her real bad. That sounds accurate. And she kept being like, he's such a nice guy. He's such a nice guy, but he a cheater real bad. Libras love to to do like a, I hate that girl, but she cool. Like it's <laughs> like a, they always, cause I know that I do it. He cheated on me real bad, but I love him so much. He's a nice guy. I wish him the best, blah, blah, blah. We just got to cover it in nice. And I wish that I could stop doing that. I'm going to cover it in nice. When the young baby father, she, I think something went down because she was like, um, she was like, yeah, you know, when, you know, you dating somebody younger, it's fun in the beginning. In the beginning, <laughs> and she wouldn't say what really happened, and I think that it's still some stuff that she's dealing with, and she did say that, you know, she ready to put it in the music, so. That's another thing that Libras do. We gonna be private through it all. You're not gonna know most. Yeah, she was alluding to her music she was putting out when she was with him wasn't that good, because she ain't really had nothing to say. She's like, but now they went through this breakup. She got things to say. Mm. I don't know. I kind of fell off from Future Cole Music. I know I was team Ashanti for their verses, so I don't even remember what songs came out exactly. I think there was one that she performed. No, that was Booby's time frame. So I don't know. I don't know nothing that she came out with. Like, wouldn't know a thing. Yeah, wouldn't know a thing. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Work. Well, you know, prayers to um to Keisha Cole family just in general before we wrap up because um she also talked about losing Frankie mm-hmm. and losing her adopted father in the same year. Yeah. Um, and you know that gotta be hard. It do she? I mean, we all saw the struggles that she had with her relationship with her mom and then like her mom's just various conditions and addictions and things like that. But she did say that she was happy that there was some sort of reconciliation in their relationship before she passed. And she got to like at least say, I had a good day with her and I love her before she passed away. But it was shocking that they were very estranged for up until, because remember she kept being like, well, she had got sober. I didn't know that. She did this. I didn't know that. And I was like, wow. Because we just stopped hearing about it. I mean, but to be honest, we stopped hearing about Keisha, too. It's very, like, in and out when she starts to do things where we learn about what's going on with her. She be in the cut. Mm-hmm. Also, before we wrap up Hot Topics, I do want to say prayers to the family of my favorite family in music, the Braxtons. Because Definitely. That... <sighs> R.I.P. Tracy Braxton. I'm going to say that. It's sick. Cancer, I'm sick of you. You raggly, no hair, knock me, have an asshole. <laughs> I'm over cancer. I'm serious. It's just really like I've heard about three cancer deaths this week. I don't like it. Yeah, I know of two. Including, including I was including your count as well. Oh, yeah. 
because it's just too much. It's just too much. So definitely keep the Braxton's lifted up in prayer. Um, I hope that they, you know, do some Braxton Family Values reruns because I love that show. Tracy used to have me hollering. Tracy was the funniest sister. I, I love Tamar through it all. But mm. Tracy is hilarious. And don't be meaning to be. She just be dead serious. <laughs> just It's just something very endearing and heartwarming about people who act like where they from. <laughs> Tracy is Severin. <laughs> and that transcended into Tracy being Baltimore a little bit too. Right. <laughs> I really like that. She was the, the like, she was the comedy. And even in the serious moments, you could see that she was like, I don't know, just one of the cool sisters. I really liked her on the show. That's my show. You know how I feel about BFB. We are the best. My advance. But I know Tamar about to go off. Something is going to happen. We're going to get some music. It's going to be a story. Because, you know, they was at odds a lot. Yeah. I hope they also had that moment of some sort of like coming to terms or reconciliation. Because the family been down here with her. I know they have. Everybody been quiet. Tony Real quiet. The weather, like at the location of when they found out she passed. And I don't know, things had gotten a lot quiet for them. We all saw the pictures that came out at the son's wedding where she was like noticeably different in size and a little sicker, a sickly looking. But enough time passed between then and now, for me at least, to think that things had gotten better. So it was a shock when those headlines just popped up on my news feeds. And I also didn't realize that she was only 50. Mm-hmm. None of them are old. It, cause it be, I don't, maybe because they've been around our whole life, I just expected them to be older. Mm-hmm. Because Tony is the oldest. But Tamar is not that much older than us. Yeah, Tamar is like early 40s. I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah, Tamar, 44. She's not that much older. Yeah. I mean, she's not that much older than you. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Sorry. It's fun being a baby of the group. But yeah, prayers to the family. I don't like ending hot topics on a prayers to the family note, but we have done that a lot in this pandemic. It's been a lot, but you know, we just, you know, want to remember Tracy as we last saw her cracking us up, standing up for herself, which is actually my favorite thing about Tracy. She always stood up for herself to that family. Yes, she did. And was never phased by y'all more famous or whatever. She's still going to get everybody together. Mm Mm-hmm. She loved that husband, loved that son, they, loved that yeah, grandbaby. They had my favorite, like, relationship out of the girls on the show. It was always so heartwarming to see the father and her kids when um, they would, like, tr- they would go to Baltimore because Mama was not really in Atlanta or New York or wherever they was filming. She used to be in, in Maryland with that family. <laughs> and then, I don't know if, I don't know if we were doing the cast when this song came out, or maybe we, yes, we were. I liked her little song that came out. Yeah, whole EP. I only know about the song that came from the radio, though. (laughs) That one was my shit. 
Stream Tracy Braxton. Period. Okay, that's better than Paris Hilton. Ugh, so sad. Is there anything else before we take a break? Okay, so also that happened this week. Um, Muse went viral. I too went viral twice. And one of those times I went viral, I actually want y'all to fight. Want y'all to fight me. Because <laughs> this is the second time I've gone viral about the same thing. <laughs> Stop talking. The first year, the first time it happened was like 20, like 16, 2017. And then it happened again. It's like the fifth anniversary of me trying to explain to y'all mofos that the genuine song is not called My Whole Life Has Changed. It is called Differences. Touch your neighbor and say, Differences. <laughs> Why do I have to tell y'all this every five years? Learn the name of the song, y'all. Black people, I know we do what we want. Uh-huh. However, Elgin Lumpkin named the song Differences for a reason. Yeah, we don't care. People go call that thing my whole life. I said, why you going to use this government name like that? I saw that. I saw that. The response, I muted the tweet like very soon after because it was, I don't, I'm not a notification or mentions girl. Like I don't like, it just be, it's be too much. Mm-hmm. So I muted the, the tweet, but everybody has been so funny. Cause like, you know, once a day I'll go look and check and see what people are saying and all of y'all have brought so much joy to my weekend because y'all are <laughs> funny as hell. Like, then somehow the tweet made itself to TikTok, which is crazy because I don't have TikTok on my phone. <laughs> we'll put it on the grid so y'all can see it. But um, y'all, your whole life has not changed. <laughs> it's made a difference. Oh my God, since you came in, I knew back then. Thought you were the one. That was my song. I'm sorry. No, it's a hit. Like, I was not mad my neighbors was playing it. Like, play it every day. But I just want y'all to know what the hell it's called. (laughs) I remember when that song came out, and it hasn't been named the right name since. Like, people do what they want. You said it perfectly. Hands down. Like, y'all don't care, and I know y'all don't care, but I just wanted to say it one last time for the one time. You tweeted something else inflammatory recently that got a lot of... Oh, and my other, my other tweet that went viral that's also still going <laughs> is I had posted a picture, a still from Martin, and I was like, I tweet for the people that know what Pam is singing. It was her singing, We Represent the Lollipop Guild. And my favorite thing about everybody responding to that is Black people also spell things how they want to. Dude. And people, instead of guild, which is G-U-I-L-D, people was putting G-I-L-L. <laughs> <laughs> Not Johnny. But... <laughs> <laughs> Not Johnny. It's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, people really were crying. And I love to see, because sometimes I be feeling like, we be alone in how black we are because people <laughs> not being black like they used to be. Mm-hmm. But seeing the tweet go viral and seeing so many people respond and have memories and be like, oh, me, I say this to my cousin. People was giving Pam her flowers, telling, you know, saying how Sashina Arnold was like the greatest physical comedian. Like, 
just seeing everybody know what this episode was, or not everybody, but seeing so many people, it just made me feel like, okay, mm-hmm. black people are still black. Because yeah. I was getting nervous about y'all. Because a lot of y'all don't be acting black. <laughs> and it scares me. I hate that I understand completely. It really just ties the cast in blackness. I'm screaming. Being like black acting is important to me. Like being black is not enough. You gotta be black acting too. <laughs> and I think that we come from a place where it was okay to be black and still have all of these accolades and accomplishments and all of this, that, and the fourth, and still be very, very black. Like right, and still black acting. Cause I don't want y'all to be like, oh, they mean by black acting. That means that. You know stuff about black stuff. Like, if I could say a line from Martin and you say that is black acting. Like, if I say God is good and y'all respond all the time, that is black acting. Like, (laughs) black acting means that you are tapped into the the things that black people do share. Like, the the monolithic ways in which black people do exist, that you know those things. That is black acting. Because we're not a monolith, but there are, like, certain things that we all touch and agree on. Yeah. Somebody, it was inflammatory because that's the the level of life that I'm at. They were (laughs) talking about that guy who, I don't know his name, but he's fine. He was a football player, and now he gets, like, all of these promotions or, I don't know what he was talking about. None of that is important, but it's a guy who is notoriously (laughs) white acting. (laughs) <laughs> and people was up in arms about someone tweeted a video clip of him saying something that made sense and they was like maybe we shouldn't have disinvited him to the cookout so soon you and Evan like brought like y'all responded to it I think that that football player guy yeah oh no, no he he's lost in the sauce yeah he but he is the prime example of how most people are today whereas it used to give like Felicia Rashad is black, classy out, always expressed her smarts and everything like that, but come from a a very obvious black place. Same with Debbie Allen, same family. Same with a lot of the like legends of back in the day. It was no question that they was raised in a black household, black neighborhood, all of this and that. What happened was people started to get money and moved to the suburbs and their kids was raised by white people or around white people or in white spaces. And now they're trying to fight for their black. That's too much. And they wasn't, and the parents wasn't sending their kids to Jack and Jill or black things. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm not gonna post that picture and you don't know what that is. And if you in your 30s, you should know what that picture is. Yeah. And if you don't, it's given where are the parents? And if you need to Because it be started in the home. It, <laughs> it's literally a picture of us. We the Martin and Pam a podcast then. Love that. Or I put the picture on the um, story too, so (laughs) of Steph's impact. Impact Tiana, that's me. (laughs) With that being said, let's take a break, play some music for the girls or something. Take his one ring, she gon' wake up. Sometimes I get bored, and then I switch up. Had a couple drinks, that's a few shots. Heavy metal with me like slip knot. She said I'm crazy, ain't no surprise. 
Okay. <laughs> now I'm playing. <laughs> oh, what I was going to say was I really love, as of recently, a lot of these little TikTok remixes, they be joking. <laughs> well, no thing. I took the app off my phone. What I'm like, every, everything on TikTok that people put on Twitter. So what I need a TikTok for? I mean, you're not wrong, but I just will spend my nights. Like, that's why I'm so behind on television. There's so many shows I need to watch because I just be TikToking all night. <laughs> no, but the song, you talked about it. It's like the Jersey Club or Baltimore Club or something version of Anniversary by Tony, Tony, Tony. I found that on TikTok first. Oh, you did? Yeah, the music video. Oh. I love that joint. And you seen how it's this trend of like drum majors doing their little stuff to the TikTok songs. Oh, uh-huh. Famous one to that. And the dude got a fat butt, so I was very interested. Um, so now I'm playing. <laughs> what are you listening to right now? Wait, we both listening to Lucky, but I'm going to let you go on. Well, I'm going to start with Murray because I don't know if we talked about Murray last album. I mean, last episode. Was it Good Morning Gorgeous yet or what? <laughs> Stephanie, if you don't stop finding ways to uplift Good Morning Gorgeous on this fucking podcast, yes, we have talked about Good Morning Gorgeous. <laughs> Y'all, this lady will not let that album rest. Bomb-ass album, but Good Morning Gorgeous is not. A song I do not care what nobody say. It's been four episodes and she's been talking about this damn song. <laughs> Jackie loved Good Morning Gorgeous, child. Uh, I love Amazing. When they was over here and my and my sister was like, oh, you know, so she got with DJ Khaled. And she was like, bring the cake in. Bring the, bring the cake in. And that's what songs I scared. A family that marries together. <laughs> but I did put her on to Rent Money. I put her on to... Um, the song with Usher. I put her on to the song with um, Anderson Pop. She loved the Usher and she loved the Anderson Pop. I just, you have, <laughs> you have shocked me so many times this week with things. What I do now? And now you like are still talking about this album. <laughs> I'm still listening to it. Oh my God. I don't have no words. I listen, let me tell you something. I've been listening to Mary and and Amber Mark since the year started. Yeah. And um I was doing a whole bunch of um FKA, but I got busy. <laughs> Come on, Sean Paul, shake that thing. Is gonna, gonna, ahead. <laughs> Amber, Becca. I wanted to meet those girls. Oh my god. Okay, but now Lucky Album done dropped, and I'm gonna hold y'all. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell y'all this because y'all are cousin. I didn't have high hopes. You did it? No. Talk about that. I didn't want nobody to know. <laughs> okay. I didn't have no high hopes because you know the sophomore slump is real. It is. And I liked over. I love over. Love over. Um and but NWA ain't really do nothing for me. And I like that song. Right? And I love Dirk and y'all know I love Lucky. But I, it, <laughs> as a single, I didn't love it. So I was like, oh, what is this album about to be? I was like, mm, I don't know. And I did like Candy Drip, but I think 
when I, well, I love Candy Drip, but then when I heard NWA, I'm like, what direction is he going in? What is going on? Because, you know, these two songs together don't sound like they would be on the same album. Lucky, Niece, I don't know what is going on. Lucky, Niece. But then he dropped the album Wednesday night, unbeknownst to me. <laughs> and the people have been kind of losing it on R&B Twitter. Army Twitter is going nuts. I listened to it on Friday morning for as a part of New Music Friday. If y'all want to, you know, see my live thoughts, because I was live tweeting my first listen. Um, you can head to our Twitter page, the Sites Pod. Um, yeah, Lucky. I didn't know how he's going to be able to, to, to top paint it. Paint it was everything. But this album sounds so expensive. It do the production is productioning. It's something about Lucky's up tempos that I don't always need. Oh, interesting. I'm I haven't I haven't skipped anything on this album. And you know, I only got to my favorite songs so far. <laughs> I still have the rest, the back half to listen to. But guess is a problemo. It is. Past, it's been on repeat since it dropped. But some of the fast songs, it's like this, you know the production sound of Fine China? Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a lot of that on Painted, but in his voice. Those are my favorite songs from Painted. I ain't gonna lie. And then it's, it's seeming like it's gonna be a, more of them on this. That's not my favorite version of Lucky Day, but his writing is so good. The mm-hmm. uh, production, like you say, it sounds expensive. I haven't <clears throat> yin 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 through the credits like I usually do as of yet. I've just been listening freely. I need to know who on here. I know D Mile is in and out of you. I was about to say, you already know D Mile done stepped in the room to Cal. Yeah, and I know Alex Osby is singing yang through the background vocals. Shanging in the background. Singing and doing production. I love that. A lot of the women are coming out in the forefront as heads of production on these projects. And I really like that. I did not know that Alex Osby produced like that. She was doing her own stuff. I don't think that I've really paid attention to that. Oh. And then, you know, Tinashe, she do everything. And then Chloe, who's recently had some, you know, hiccups when it comes to output is concerned. For me, she's like producing most of her stuff for the new project too, or like working with people and she's like assisting. And I like that. But circling back to Lucky, the stereotype, because we don't. Not mad. Do you have favorites? Because I know you get you got through the album probably multiple times. Yeah, I've listened to it in full um a few times, and then I went to NPR had like a listening party that they interviewed him after. Used to be, is like. <laughs> so y'all know Stephanie like loves a muse that is in his feelings, and she will tweet. <laughs> what did you tweet about me listening to that song? I was going to, you couldn't wait till I listened to it so I could die or something like that. You could wall slide and die, probably. <laughs> it is that type of song, and the lyrics do do that. But I was very proud of myself for listening to it and not feeling any kind of way. It was the growth for me. What time, what was the setting? Because I feel like the setting also <laughs> make it different. <laughs> It was Friday night. On a, on, a, on a late night with some rain, it's going to be a problem. I mean, it was giving late night. It didn't start raining yet, but it was about to start raining. It was like the wee hours of the morning. I was getting in the bed. YouTube was on, and I was like, let me listen to this song Stephanie keep talking about before I go to sleep. So it was prime in my feelings territory. 
Look at you. I, I did it. So I was, I smiled before I went to bed. Because <laughs> y'all know lyrics will. And I got them pulled up because I want to read to them, to the people. A dying rose in the winter. I'm holding on every way I can. Tell me, is it only just me by my lonely? Just waking up, the haze is glowing, the blur is clear, the rain it pours, because I used to be yours. Baby. Like, why didn't I cry is what I'm about to ask myself. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's, It's a very, very pretty song. And it's like the topic is kind of haunting, but it doesn't sound bad or come across in like a harsh way because the song is so pretty. It really does take from Kiss from a Rose. Like it's something about that mm-hmm. intro that sounds a little silly. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Kiss from a Rose is one of my favorite songs of all time. It's tatted on me. Like I love Kiss from a Rose, but I, I just love that he was able to weave that in because you don't hear a lot of that type of balladeering anymore. I, I really appreciate that song. That's what the girls used to do when they would get that one Diane Warren song on the album. <laughs> it was like a prerequisite for you to be that bitch that Diane yeah. Warren had to come yin yin. <laughs> and that's definitely that song for sure. Um, and I, like I said, I always love Candy Drip when he put it out as a teaser, but you know, Lucky can sometimes be like D'Angelo where you don't know what he's saying. <laughs> and the NPR listening party, they had the lyrics scrolling at the bottom so you could read along as he sang. And that. when I found out he was saying something that Candy Drip, the song really took him to a place. He said, <laughs> I told you it can't be. All I know is don't leave. Can't breathe. Oh, it ain't me. Pretty white dress. How'd he get between us? <laughs> Like, because that—that that is really how men be. They're like, you know, I'm not ready to be in a relationship, da da da. But you know, don't be talking no other niggas that you get married, and they talk about pretty white dress, how to get between us, sir, <laughs> sir. The time is up. Hello. Um, but no, talk about my favorite songs. Um, definitely used to be. Right now is up there. Yes, yeah. like you said, compassion, um, the touch somebody interlude, fucking sound. I didn't just see that one on the track list. That sounded like my type. No, oh, you just why you getting dressed after we stop recording? Listen to this album. Okay, I have several songs to get through. I I didn't even touch the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, because guess is only number five, and it's giving seventeen. So, <laughs> baby, I ain't stopped playing guess since since. <laughs> I'm still guessing. (laughs) Look, guess what? I ain't changed the song. Well, when we finish recording, definitely press play and get to the candy drip interlude. Also, he's weird. He's serious love hall with all this spoken word. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you tweeted that. (sighs) He said, I'm the brother of the night, okay? (laughs) 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 It's funny. You're now listening. Is the both of us now listening? But you know, no, okay. So y'all know angel numbers have been ruling my world this year. I don't really know why, but it just has been happening like that. I keep catching them. Three, three, three deluxe edition came out. 
she could just do no wrong. I'm sorry. I really have been trying hard to not talk about her every single, you know, minute <laughs> of the day. But she makes it so hard. You make it so hard to, hard to fall in love. You make it so, you remember that song? Yeah. Everything. Sorry, I'm texting man. <laughs> Sierra got music on her. But I love Hit Me Up for a Good Time. I think that's my favorite of the new I would song. love to hear it live. Go back on tour, Nashi. I think that she might. <laughs> <laughs> that See. sounds like something that she would do. Oh no, I'm projecting. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. You stopped about the Sabrina tickets, dog. <laughs> Y'all, Stephanie face got in the camera. <laughs> she was like, what? Oh, start typing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be front row and center because that show was one of my favorite concerts of last year. I. I just love her. The Naturally video is so weird and like twisted and kind of macabre. I love that. They're dancing like shit. Catch the fucking beats. Oh my God. The way that they groove it in that video is so smooth to me. Watching the little practice videos. Y'all know I be like watching dancing stuff all day. My explore page has changed from niggas to nutcases and, <laughs> and not she. It's the, it's the three things. Mm-hmm. It comes naturally, though. I love that naturally has become Corey's high end, and he'll just send it to us in the next day. <laughs> Corey will not shut up about how naturally. And it's funny, it's not a song I thought Corey would like. Me either, but remember he said, I've really been liking things this year, you guys. I'm proud of him. Yeah, because Corey will be like nothing. Like worse than us. <laughs> if he would have actually done the show, like if the group chat really group chatted into the size, I feel like Corey would just not come to episode recordings. I also want to shout out something like a heartbreak. That is my cut, produced by my doll. Come on the cast. Who produced something like a heartbreak? Tell us everything. Kingdom. <laughs> my doll is funny. That's three of the four. We didn't already went off and woke up blessing such a good ending. I know you hate it. It's a wrap off the last. You know, like, it's, a the you know it's a wrap. Know it's a wrap. But I do like woke up blessed. She's the only person I know that could like spew positivity throughout a full verse chorus bridge. And it just don't irritate me. <laughs> you know, I feel like the triumphant and the tried and through. It just. Mm-mm. Yeah, the, you know the other person I was thinking the other day that I like positive songs from is Amber Mark. I said, you live for her. I love that. And I just thought I'd never heard this little girl until like two months ago. And I love her. Hello, what's the, what's the song she got? Worth it. You think you don't deserve it, oh, yeah. but you know you're still worth it, baby. Ah, I was like, yes! That's, that's what um, Lizzo thinks she be doing with the positive songs, but it don't, it don't sound like Amber. She been off the scene for a little while. I wonder what that Lizard. Is. No, she not. She in a commercial. She been everywhere. The commercial I seen, and that's her singing in the commercial, and she sound good. I wasn't mad. It's not bad, though. But I'm sure it's so bad. I ain't really listened to it like that. Because that came on during the Super Bowl, so I seen that. But I have not seen her or nothing like that from her since, hmm, aside from that and, like, her appearance on Drag Race, she been a little quiet. But she probably needed to be quiet. She didn't want She, um, was in some uh magazine looking real bomb. I think it's Hollywood Reporter. Did you see oh. it? She looked so good. I was like lizard. Cause I'm gonna call her lizard every chance I get. 
Man, that's her name. Oh, it's Variety. Hold on. Class. She looks so good. I mean, she looks good all the time, but... She do. Lizzo is actually one of the prettiest girls in the industry. Yeah, it's a nasty battle, honestly, right now between her and Janelle Monae. No shade. Oh, fine. I did see this. Don't she look good? She looks bomb. Her and Precious need to have a face-off. Because oh, she looks like Precious in the one I'm about to send you. She looks so good. Sickening. This is a picture she need to have framed and blown up somewhere in her house. Y'all go down to the stores and get this cover. Lizzo look good. I might buy the magazine. Just because she looks so good. Mm-hmm. Also, I like her legs. I, I didn't like Lizzo had such nice legs. Yeah, I do too. I like Lizzo as a, a being. I just don't like her antics and I don't care for her music. Right. But she is that girl in a from a face perspective. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, she looks so bomb. Go Liz. Come on. <laughs> Are we ready for the size portion? I'm really excited about this one. I'm ready too. For the fact this topic wasn't our first episode, it's actually kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that is. Um, what's I had a friend say? Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that song? Again, Kanye. Yeah. The music is always music for me. But where do we even start? This is actually. Ugh, I don't know how we're going to do this fast. Let's try. Well, first on our list is. No way, we got to tell them what the topic is. What time? You saw, I feel like I've been talking a lot this episode. I'm getting on my nerves. <laughs> I don't like feeling like that, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I hate when I get on my own nerves. I thought it was just Libras, but maybe it's the world. It's people that self-aware, because a lot of people don't realize it when they talk a lot. A lot of people don't be self-aware. That's not okay. You're grown. Learn something from this. So <laughs> this episode, we wanted to deep dive into some of our favorite self-titled albums. I don't know if people realize it, but most artists' self-titled album is really when they feel that they became that girl. Mm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Loud and. (laughs) Okay, well, how about this? I will say the names, and I'll let you go off, and I'll add some yin, 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 because I really am getting on my nerves. Aaliyah. The Aaliyah album still sounds brand new. The Aaliyah album never gets old. The Aaliyah album, would Gaga say she was like fantastic, beautiful, always different, never getting tired of it, love to see, like... <laughs> Gaga is hilarious. <laughs> I said that meme was me. <laughs> She's like, rock the boat, another single. More than a woman, another single. <laughs> like, it's just, it's straight through. I think that this album really changed something in R&B. And we talk about it a lot, but I don't know if casual music listeners understand the impact of the self-titled album that Aaliyah came out with right before she passed. Everything kind of tried to sound like this even through now. 
a little bit. Like anybody, like production changed in the world. Like they, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it was a very transcendent album for music, I feel like. And again, stepping into her own, becoming a woman, literally Aaliyah grew up in front of our eyes here. Mm-hmm. We thought that it was one in a million, but then she said, aha, gotcha, bitch. It's Whatever is one of my favorite Aaliyah songs. I will say It's Whatever is the vibe. And to be fair, I didn't listen to this album as much as I listened to One in a Million. Like, One in a Million to me is still just like, and her first album. But, um, and so when people be like, like Dre and y'all can go off about Aaliyah, this album, I can't really go off like that because, I don't know, I was a senior in high school. That's what I used to do. And I just feel like I wasn't, I had that album, but I feel like I wasn't bumping it that much, but it's whatever. Yeah. I mean, off some dance shit, Aaliyah just couldn't put nothing out that I wasn't going to tear up. Like, she was really my dog. Y'all know how I go off about Tinashe? I, I mean, it was Aaliyah first for me. Right. Like, I don't know, the extra smooth, messed up. I... It's the, the horns, like this, I don't know what Timbaland was doing. It's just, that album is crazy. I can listen to it right now. I can listen to it right now. And it would sound like better than a lot of stuff that's out. And it's no shade. Nope. Um, I also want to uplift I Care For You. That's my favorite album. I mean, that's my favorite song on that album. It's like, how do you make horse gallops sound great in the rain in a beat? What the like, fuck? is he on like how is that music now like we need to do a deep dive into the brain cell of timothy maybe we should do a timbaland and missy um episode we should actually do like a, a basement episode and talk about all the basement dolls y'all gonna listen y'all gonna come y'all wanna y'all wanna win a raffle <laughs> yeah i bought five pies <laughs> you say that um, next up beyonce now we no have- <laughs> we had a full B-Day episode for her B-Day, telling her what we wanted her to be one day. And Beyonce's subtitle is always will be forever going to stand for me as what Lemonade stands for y'all, always. That's really what a T.I. is. I always talk about how people pit Rihanna and Beyonce against each other. Andre Harrell wrote a book that basically kind of showed that she was very much so on Rihanna's team. Like, hey, y'all got these two new bitches, y'all need to pay attention to her. Talking about Rihanna, not Tierra. And I think that that came from a, Rihanna's about to do everything that I can't do. And we need both spaces filled in music. I really think that that's what Beyonce was running through her mind. Beyonce popped them babies out and said, hashtag me too. She really got on Beyonce's self-title and did that. I don't think you say me too, because that means rape doll. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we can't say hashtag me too. But anyways. <laughs> well, I think that she just wanted a piece of that pie. She wanted to show that she was able to do some of those, like, in-your-face sexy things that she had probably, like, suppressed uh, in and of herself. And, like, that whole, like, like I said, becoming a woman. Beyonce is very I am woman, hear me roar, right? So whether you think that she really popped Blue Ivy out or not, it's something that changed in her because of motherhood. And I think that she wanted to own 
that space. It was like, I'm sexy as shit. I got kids, I'm a wife, I'm all of these things, but I can also, yeah, you know? And I, I like that a lot. Partition is some people's favorite Beyonce song. Like, really? I know a lot of people who like don't use, but play Partition, they go <laughs> roll a Partition down. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said that, that self-title is what the girls think Lemonade is, I, for me, I say the same thing in terms of everybody thinking that the T of a marriage is in Lemonade. The T of the marriage is in self-title. Yeah. Like, the first time I heard mine, I said, oh, what's going on around there? Like, like, um, like, um, <laughs> or like Mary, what's going on? <laughs> and we talked about that at length, and I think that it's, it's very true. Like, the tea of, if you really want to know what was going on in the Knowles household, it was on this album. Well, what's so interesting for me personally is, as I'm looking at the track list, this album has, is a mix of Beyonce's best, best, best songs and her worst, worst, worst songs. <laughs> it's really crazy. <laughs> like, usually Beyonce albums are either like five, like the first two, just five all around, like period, like ain't no whatever. Mm. I feel like four was like, you know, midway. I feel like nobody was violently against <laughs> I mean, like, best thing I never had was terrible. Whatever. But, like, it was nothing that was, like, visceral. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. right. But, like, this lady really got no angel and heaven on the same album. And the irritating thing is, I love no angel Beyonce. I love love drop Beyonce. I love when she stretches what we think about her musically and do something completely off kilter from what we would expect. I love that. And like, those are elements that I like about Beyonce, but you're right. She always brings me back to a place of late. And I don't like when people sing about their kids. So, Blue, really not my favorite song. She really put Pretty Hurts and Haunted next to each other. I'm like, Haunted is one of your best songs, Beyonce. Why is it next to Pretty? Why is Pretty Hurts even on here? I don't know. I, I sit in a very strange place about Pretty Hurts because I don't hate that song, but it also is very bad at the same time. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the sequencing on this album was terrible, but literally her best songs are on this album. And y'all know how Beyonce mesmerizes us visually. I just, flawless videos. She had the entire black fashion industry in Beyonce joint. Justin Timberlake's playing the Rolatons like he in fucking Backyard Band. I was just like, this is everything. You had Miguel, Justin Timberlake, Pharrell, and somebody else that I really, really love. I think Timberlake as well, all in the studio at the same time for Rocket. Like, what are you doing? That's almost as legendary as Travis Scott, Jeremiah, The Dream being in the same studio for Woo, all for fucking anti. Like, I just, my mind be blown when I find out who was there. It's very, and, so who all gonna be there for me? <laughs> also, shout out to you give me the superpower. What do y'all play in the face of Beyonce when she said like that on <laughs> hours and hours? That video of the girl laughing at the car when she was like, you know my favorite oh. 
this song here. You give me a superpower. And then she fall out and the laugh was silent. Black uh, is funny. <laughs> okay, so what are your favorite songs from subtitled? No, no Angel and Mine. And randomly EXO. I love EXO. Bray love EXO. I live for that song. Shut down Coney Island, doll. <laughs> My, I, you, y'all are not going to believe this, but I cannot choose. So it is going to be like, it's going to be like a, 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 a five way, maybe. Haunted, <laughs> slow, no angel, mine, and superpower. I'm sorry. Them is songs. But like also jealous. I'm sorry. Listen, how we used to flex in Texas, don't be jealous. <laughs> it's a specific part of the beat that I love in that song. I don't know, that fucking red trench coat, that fucking nylon PVC. I hate the I hate the vocal arrangement of the chorus though. Yeah, you do. You if you give me your promise, I'm keeping mine. I don't like that part, but the um oh, just I was like, oh yes. Beyonce awesome. voice changed this album. Beyonce voice changed on this album, and she kind of like put both sides of her voice together. But then we only got the back half from, from then on. Weirdly enough, Lyrica Anderson, y'all know I love Lyrica from uh, love Junior her. or Senior. <laughs> Every time I say her name, you have to clarify Junior. I like uh, Senior more, but Junior in this instance. Y'all love Lyrica Senior. I just want to be in the passenger seat when she be doing them car karaoke's in that parking lot. I love it. Don't be driving nowhere, sing it down. How you out sing all of Jodeci and you 50 years older than them? <laughs> One day song. Anyway, we don't have to do that right <laughs> In the studio, Lyrica Anderson did like a specific thing. By the time Beyonce got that song, she just like broke it apart. When I heard Lyrica's version, I was like, I've been going off about you saying that you wrote this song, but this sounds so different than what you actually wrote. And, and it was one of those situations where they not together. So she found out later on in like a Rock Nation brunch that Lyrica was the one responsible. And I was like, well, this is a very strange story as well. Why would you say that? But I don't know. I could see you disconnecting certain parts of the song because they weren't made together. I, I want to hear Lyrica senior version, but. <laughs> we might not get that, y'all. We need to get Lyrica senior on the show. She will come. We just got to record out of a car. <laughs> I was going to say, you got to sit in the car with her. <laughs> All right. Next up is Sierra, self-titled 2013. Man. I'm going to say my piece and I'm going to pass it to Muse. <laughs> they tried to kill your favorite bitch. They thought Sierra was fun. They thought Sierra was going to come back. First of all, at this point, Sierra had had no bad albums. People had just stopped caring. Mm-hmm. And Sierra said, oh, y'all hoes don't want to care? Watch this. Baby, this subtitle is a problem. Still, today, right now, let's play it. And honestly, you know, future is a point of contention for a lot of people across the nation. Especially Black women, honestly. I mean, it's deserving. But he did what he needed to do up and through this album. But what he shouldn't have did was got our girl pregnant so we couldn't have a tour. Because remember, she couldn't go on tour because she got pregnant. The disservice of a lifetime. Because imagine stage setup for this album. Problem. Or live. 
the video. Remember, she made the mini videos for every for like most of the songs. Problem. Yes, the vignettes was vignetting. I was like, wait, we only get this little piece of this song, and it's still five. Woo! I wanted that little like it was like a leather net tank top that she was wearing, and what I think it was, I don't know, she was dressed out of her mind this era. Like I really loved everything about this whole rollout. Like I was pissed she couldn't perform none of this shit. Pregnancy is just not what y'all crack it up to be, but like power to the fertility. I don't know. I just feel like Sierra really stepped back, stepped into her power as the queen of mid-tempo. Like People really don't be wanting to give Sierra her flowers, but Sierra is that girl. Like she really took what Janet did and and built upon it and gave it a ghetto word give, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. She likes a ghetto Janet in terms of like how the music sound, how she dance, like all of that. And like this album, this this album actually came out when me and the show had quit our jobs and was just traipsing around Europe for a month, and all I was playing was this. <laughs> I will open the windows of wherever we were staying at and just be blasting this joint because maybe it's Maybelline maybe I was just born with it <laughs> maybe it's Maybelline maybe I was just born with it <laughs> <laughs> man super turn up Maybe, I was about to go to that the fact that see, like Sierra was feeling her beat in this song like this era because how do, you, how do you sample yourself from two albums ago like <laughs> Super turn up, DUI, read my lips, keep on looking. You, I, oh my God. I'm sorry, we have to pause for the calls on DUI. Elijah Blake need them fingerprints insured for what he did on DUI. That is a song <laughs> I don't care what nobody say about Sierra. DUI is hands down one of the best R&B songs to come out in my adult life. Period. Point blank and be what? Period. Okay. In the middle of the highway, okay. (laughs) Girl, what? (laughs) It's giving acoustics in that house, Muse. Oh, damn. I actually... (laughs) It was an echo when I screamed, but... (laughs) <laughs> Jabal, shout out to Jabal. <laughs> what I friends, the doll. Friends to the show. Jabal the doll. I'm changing his name my phone right now. <laughs> he said, what kind of mic are you using? <laughs> Blackness. <laughs> Loud. <Yeah. laughs> well. I, like, where you go? <laughs> like, overdose and, and like... The poppy Sierra is where she loses a lot of people, but she found a way to bring it on home on here. Like, living it up don't even bother me with Nicki Minaj. You had her on the album twice. You're overextending yourself, doll. But I wasn't upset. I like that you gave us hood, Nicki, her, Nicki gave us a hood song, and they gave us a, a crossover song. Yeah, I thought that was cute, but I, I needed some more songs after so I could, like, wash it out of my eardrums. But still, oh. it wasn't a bad song. Come on, wash it out of my eardrums. Well, since we brought up Sierra being a hood, Janet, Ma, why don't we go to Janet's self-titled, 1993. Mm, it's Renee's hands on the titties for me. <laughs> I'm just realizing this This track listing was 28 songs. The girls used to have things to say <laughs> on these albums back in the days. Like, these albums used to be 20 songs, and they will, 
and out of 20, 18 be perfect. <laughs> Janet famously gives you a like Harry Potter length album though. Like her, her albums be long. 28 is actually on the, the short side for her. Anytime, any place. Oh. You wasn't even saying the word. I mean, let's let's run through the singles, cause I mean, cause this case people are like, well, what's all on Janet? That's the way love goes. If a hit again. Um, and it's one of my favorite. How many plays? Oh my singles. God. Yeah, I only threw Thob in there because gay. Um, <laughs> Throb is my shit. Yeah, it is. And obviously Samuel Jackson's favorite song too, which is amazing. I know it's so random that he loved that song. <laughs> and you know, the deep cut dogs love funky big band. Everybody loves funky big band. Oh my god. Oh, Miss Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was like. Oh, she is from Gary, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Real bad. <laughs> this is my favorite Janet hair too from this era. Oh she yeah. Revitalized it for her last album. It just made it poofier and bigger, but same concept. Love it. Mm-hmm. We talked about her and Lip on the last podcast. Y'all know where we stand with Janet the Jackson. An icon, a legend, a statement, a star, the doll of all dolls. <laughs> the doll of all that is funny. doll <laughs> <laughs> check in. She checked the dolls in. She's still checking the dolls in. Doll check in. <laughs> Come on, Jan Baddy. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Okay, so we're not going to be there with the Janet because y'all already know. Um, but let's go to Little Dragon, self-titled 2007. Are you trying Jan- to kill me? I didn't even see you put this in the docket because I was typing too fast on my own. This is a problem. Yeah. Wow, y'all know. Find what- a skip, can't find it. Looking, don't see one. <laughs> find a skip is funny. Let me pull this up because if this guy, he got it. <laughs> Why would y'all open this album up like that? Twice I turn my back on you. Hmm. Hmm. Little Dragon is my favorite band, period. Like, I I find it very hard to have favorites a lot of times because I like so many things. But Little Dragon is one of my favorite bands. Like, back to working at Every Urban Outfitters on the East Coast as a cash rap team lead and setting up the playlist for the day. They came through swinging. If y'all don't know who we're talking about, Little Dragon is, what would you even consider them? I was about to say something I feel like I shouldn't. Because they're not indie to me. They they are. They're like a mix of, I used to call them PVR&B. That's why I used to call that genre. I really like that. That's a playlist title. So it's, I have one that's just not, I never finished it. But to me, I describe them as like indie artists who very much had that indie sound but have the influence of r&b but not trying to sing black sound black be black but the those influences are there um y'all know me when i like get into an artist i watch all their interviews i read all their interviews and 
um, Yukimi, who's the lead singer, Japanese joint, she always told, well, she's Japanese and Swedish because the Swedish band, she's half Swedish. Um, she always talks about how Faith Evans is like her greatest inspiration. <laughs> and then she found, and they finally got Faith on the song and it like made her life. I love that Yukimi is black. Like, I don't, she's not trying to be black. She's not like whatever, but the influences are there and she can't ignore them herself. I love that. I love that. Um, but I mean, songs like No Love, No Shades of Scissor in Summer, but this No Love right here. <laughs> no, she said it's No Love in this room, baby. Y'all know how we feel about songs that have the same title. They usually be bomb. Because why everybody mm-hmm. got the same title? Because it's a bomb title and it's a bomb song. Constant Surprises makes me very happy. I listen to Constant Surprises in the gym. Like, it, it puts you in such a good mood. Some call it coincidence, but I call it fate. She said, now on my way home, I met this guy. She was singing. <laughs> no, that Asian lady got a throat on her. Shawty got a throat on her. On her. I'm going to get my on her. On her. Forever. I might cry. Like, the production on Forever changed. I was like, yo, I've never heard nothing like this in my entire life. They changed the way that I listen to bands like them. Yeah. I don't know what they be doing in the studio, but their chemistry is something that I just have not seen in other groups similar because I like a lot of groups with the, with this like makeup right like I would put them in the same class as a high ace coyote I would put them in the same class as like a Sylvan SO uh even even kind of like Hercules and Love Affair I would put them in kind of like the same bucket but Little Dragon do something a little different it might be the black it really might <laughs> come on it might be the black it might be the black because it just it is, it's more reminiscent of traditional R&B in an alternative way than mm-hmm. actual alternative R&B, if that makes right. sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is where I end and begin with them. And they just, they don't have bad albums. Yukimi don't sing bad notes. They don't perform bad. She actually dressed down. I seen them live at the 930 Club and I was like, this bitch is bad. Like she's actually the girl. And sing like Erica Badu, Anita Baker, Faith Evans, like just be mixing all of the black voices in one throat. And I'd be like, how's she doing that? She got a song with Tinashe, love that. I, just, I live for Little Dragon. I love that. I live, I live for Little Dragon. If you have not ever heard their self-titled album, please check that out. Because I think a lot of people clock into them at Ritual Union, which is also yeah. a perfect album. But do some due diligence and like re- revisit their discography. They got hits. Come on, I love doing my due diligence. Due deal is necessary. Um, I also want to say, um, if you have never seen Lil Dragon live, which is they're always one of my favorite people to see live. I've seen them a million times. They're going on tour actually with Leon Bridges, and that show is going to be an issue. I can't wait. Because Leon is now at their level of black. Oh, it's about to be a problem. <laughs> Not this role reversal that you just called out. That's real. Like, can you imagine hearing you are airborne the same, the same day as Magnolia's? What? I'm going to astral project when this concert happens. 
Wait, did you buy your ticket? I did, but I'm not coming to Philly. You going to DC? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stephanie want me to move to Philly, y'all. That's really what it is. Who wanted who wanted DC with you? Jerome. Oh, okay. Yeah, that show about to get the the people, the nation together. Can't wait. And it's like reparations for us because we couldn't, thanks to White, get tickets the first time he came. Don't remind me. <laughs> I'm gonna get back mad. I think I'm gonna let you go off about Mariah Carey first. <laughs> because lambs have precedence. And this, so we're talking about Mariah Carey's debut album, Mariah Carey, 1990. So I was four years old. This album changed my entire life. It's probably one of the first CDs that I, I asked for and owned myself. And at that time, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I was only four. And I don't really know how four-year-olds act, but I know me as a four-year-old. <laughs> I knew every single word to the song. It wasn't giving baby voice. So I don't. I don't know, but this has been this was my favorite Mariah Carey album until 1999 when um, Butterfly came out, and it's still. I know you shouldn't put a debut album in a top three, but it is. Period. I don't care. Um, no skips. No skips. No skips from the song. Like. I, think- I can't know, but it's not the Mariah Carey show, so I'm really quelling it in, honestly. Yeah, I, that's why I gave it to you first because I just know it's it. You catch the Holy Ghost when Mariah is mentioned. I think that this album, whether it should be in the top three or not, whether it's your favorite Mariah album or not, whether you even listen to it anymore because she's had so much great music since this, it really set the tone for the impact that she was about to have on the industry and music and singers from then on. Period. We could honestly drop the mic there because. A voice. These not my type of R&B songs. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> but I completely understand why Mariah is, and it started at that album. As I quell it in, I also want to say, off of what Muse said, I'm really trying to hold it in, y'all, because I love Mariah Carey so much. Yeah, it's crazy. That this album also set her on a trajectory so people talk about the way she looped rap into pop music she raps on this album by herself mm-hmm. and she like rap has always been a thing for mariah and so when you're saying like it set the tone for what she was about to give yes she didn't have a rapper on this song but she wasn't a rap rapper herself me i am mariah <laughs> and you gotta tell these niggas sometimes that's not my format you really do. Talk your shit, Stan. So, um, yeah. if you want to know my favorite songs, <laughs> who we gonna try? Mm. Here she this go. Is real hard. Okay. She's starting. Alone in love. That's actually a hit. That's actually a hit. I'm sorry. All in your mind. I don't want to cry. And let's see. Maybe prisoner when she raps. 
Cause I love the first, the first three seconds is that somebody like sliding on the piano. It's like, you don't think that I'll be strong enough. It's so gay. I won't be a prisoner of your love. I won't. It ain't my format. I love it. At the end of the rap, she be like, she be like, don't you can't play that. That ain't my format. You gotta let these niggas know. Stephanie go off every time that we do this and Mariah is involved. Anytime it's a No little- more, no more, no more, no more. Oh my God. I can't. But she not wrong. See? Crazy, not wrong. What's worse? Jealous or crazy? What's worse, being jealous or crazy? What's worse? Being jealous is sky. I think being jealous is worse than being crazy because if you're being crazy, somebody made you be crazy, so it's not really all your fault. But if you're being jealous, that's a you thing. Words were said, testimonies were made. I'm in. I'm just. So I love extending the self titled list to anything that also just has the name of the artist in it. (laughs) Because <laughs> this technically is not a self-titled album, but Hi, My Name is Joe is the self-title for Joe, for me. Period. Us. And it's our show, so we do what we want. Listen, it's my pussy. I do what I want. Hey, hey that's a love that song. So, um, I feel like Joe is so underrated. Same. Um, but Joe's such a great singer. I love seeing him in concert. He'll be on the tour with um, Anthony Hamilton and Maxwell. It's going to be a fabulous show. We're going for Jackie's birthday. Um, when is that? Um, April 2nd in Atlantic City. Shit, okay. I was going to try to crash and surprise the dog. Um, it's a Friday, dog. What you doing? I'm not doing nothing on that day, but I'm. that's right. I would just have to come to Philly and like come right back home. Oh. Oh, you got something to do on a Saturday? Okay, we'll talk offline. Um, so for people who are like, what album is that? Huh. You know what album it is. He got Stutter on here. I Wanna Know is on here. Thank God I Fail You is on here. So definitely Joe's biggest singles. Literally the biggest ones. But now I'm confused on my own behalf from a time perspective. So let me look up something. The year 2000. I don't think that I, I don't think it's connecting right now to Stutter and I Want to Know we're on the same album. Mm-hmm. Because that Stutter remix was a moment and it seems like it came far after I Want to Know, but it could have been the same time frame and I just don't have memory. It's also because remember people used to stretch albums out back in the day. You know, now they drop one single and make a new album or make a deluxe, but this one they would stretch an album out for a year, two years. Yeah, because I feel like Joe don't even look the same in the I Wanna Know video versus the Stutter video. Right, because in the Stutter video, he was giving 2000s intergalactic look. Exactly. Okay, so I'm not tripping. I was like, wait. Wish that I could take you on a dirty to your mind. I want to go on a journey. All right. That's one of the best love songs of all time. Like, I just say a lot of all times. I'm being very definitive and uh, decisive on this episode, but I mean everything that I say. Mm-hmm. Britney Spears was melting in her cabana 
at that little performance <laughs> where Joe was singing to the audience. And I was like, oh, she down with us the words. Why did Britney Spears know the words so I want to know like that? Like, that is her song. Britney Spears, honestly, want to be Black, and not in an annoying way. She is Baby Janet from a white perspective. She know all the words to all of the male R&B from the 90s, early 2000s, as if she was in the studio with them giving groupie. And she be on, in a little room that she danced at, dancing to brown skin, black. You know I want your <laughs> If y'all have never seen that video, just go to YouTube and type in Britney Spears Joe, and you will see her at some... They're in some island getaway, and Joe is performing, and Britney is singing every single word. She love I Want to Know. She got a joke in her bones for Joe. And okay. she's just cheesing, like, looking up at him with so much glee in her heart. It's like, like she's not famous. <laughs> right, like she was, like, actually a fan fan, and no one knew who she was. It was like when Drake be looking at OBJ. Like, I love that so much. I like it. Drake that any male basketball player. Oh, fair. Drake also got cornrows, and I need to see the back of that head because I don't trust the hang time. That little boy. I zoomed in on the scalp, and it 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 don't get feet in, so I don't know. Oh no, it's not a wig. It's not extensions. That is his hair. But somebody was gripping the. No, shit. but last night you said it wasn't. I was playing. Oh. If <laughs> he having the unit's unit. You heard the dog. <laughs> I love when the people agree in the neighborhood. But yeah, shout out to Joe. I can't wait for this concert. I'm, I'm I really we have Whitney Houston, self-titled 1985. I love this cover. She looks so pretty. She did look very, very pretty on her little baldy. Mm -hmm. And it was like brushed. <laughs> right. It was like black gel slicked in uh -huh. the <laughs> uh, Nana Karen got a picture that is in the same vein of that. She just got on these big, like, tortoiseshell glasses with it. I was like, you work so bad every day. Work, Karen. <laughs> My favorite IG account. I'm also... <laughs> Y'all have grandma on Instagram. I don't Get like that. Get off the internet, girl. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> stay I, on. I live. <laughs> you know the elders use Facebook as, like, a diary journal type thing. So she already do that, and now she on fucking Instagram. In my comments, show me house stuff. I'm not buying that. I don't have it. It's like time. Parents gonna show you stuff they not gonna buy you, ain't they? Exactly. That's why I'm real bad about it. Don't show it to me. Just bring it over here. <laughs> <laughs> you just stir something up in me. I'm sorry. Let's talk about it. Yeah, you got routes. I get it though. <laughs> but back to Nippy. Um, this album gave us You Give Good Love, Saving All My Love For You, How Will I Know, All At Once, and Greatest Love Of All. <sighs> That's how you walk into the room. That's how you turn it on your debut album. Whitney Houston is the voice of our lifetime. I'm a <laughs> I keep saying lifetime. Sing Maxwell. I just, nobody is touching her. No. Ever. And everything that you just named, is not even a, just a hit, but they're like certified classics. These are all songs that people, and by people, I mean the globe, put in the context of classic music. Mm -hmm. Like legendary debut, Whitney V. Houston, you did that. 
You Give Good Love, Saving All My Love, those are two of my favorite Whitney songs. Because Whitney's, Whitney's music got into a place of, oh, I don't need to listen to that. It's not for me. You know how I feel about, I separate certain stuff like that. Like, Morris Chestnut is a fine black man. But I would want my mom to date a Morris Chestnut. I'm not necessarily attracted to a Morris Chestnut for me. I feel like that about Whitney's music. I get why it's good. I get that it's classic. I get that it's all of these things. But I'm not listening to certain things. This album is not in that context, though. Running it through. She ate this. <laughs> well, period. I don't know how that analogy, analogy, but it, I got it. So y'all will, too. Come on. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of I Got It, um, the next album is NSYNC. They have a song in there called You Got It. So that's... <laughs> but NSYNC's debut album, um, 1997, listen, you can tell me nothing about NSYNC, y'all. Nothing. And they had their first concert uh, on Disney Channel, and I taped it off the beat, like, on a VHS, and I used to loop that joint all the time, and it was all the songs from this first album. And I think that, like, I always loved, um, like, boy groups. So I loved, um, like, New Kids on the Block, Head to Sheets, yada, yada. <laughs> yes, they had New Kids on the Block sheets. That was, like, a thing. I don't know if I could The bands that. back in the days, back in the days, like, late 80s, very early 90s, they had sheets. And I definitely had New Kids on the Block sheets. Not down to the Costco buying NSYNC pillowcases and shit. No, no, it, just, it ended before NSYNC. This uh, was like Tiffany. Um, oh, you did say New Kids on the Block. That's yeah, New Kids on the Block. It was like late 80s time. Um, but for me, it was something very different about NSYNC. I think mainly because Justin and um, JC Shazay, who I love, duh, from Mickey Mouse. I was a Mickey Mouse Club apologist. And I also had their CD, and JC Shazay ate every song he was on. Him and Rona, that's now in Vogue, were on that Mickey Mouse Club album, and they got the best songs on there. Rona also was the, the fancy replacement on the Jamie Foxx show, a singer. Oh, yup, was Icon. Um, pretty Lady, too. She looked like the dark-skinned girl from, the dark-brown-skinned girl from Jeanne. Dude, pretty. Don't they look just like... Um, but anyway, so I loved me some instinct real bad. You're all I ever wanted. Sing it. You're all I ever needed. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Sing y'all. JC Chazay think that he um Sean Stockman. No, he do know. <laughs> no, I've never heard that analogy, but he do. He is the Sean Stockman of that fucking group. That nigga can sing. I swear, them NC boys went to a black church. They had to. Yeah, they all from the South, so except for, I think, Joey from Italian, from Jersey. But um, So for the singles that's on this album, people are like, what the heck is on there? It's tearing up my heart. God must have spent a little more time on you. Uh, it. I want you back, and I drive myself crazy thinking of you. That was my song. They had music. They really did. I was always more in sync than I was Backstreet Boys. Hands down, taste. But, but <laughs> that whole era of music, I don't think people realize that sound is what gave pop the pop. 
Mm-hmm. about this pop literally is just top 40 right if you make it to that level of billboard your music is pop your song is a pop song but when britney spears christina aguilera justin timberlake and the boys backstreet boys fucking samantha mamba all of the people mandy moore uh willa ford <laughs> like that whole that whole run Not willa ford that name is funny actually the that whole run through of of the girls they made pop what it is sound wise it had a true sound at that point but if you really listen it was just 90s r&b black formats of music and stylings on white voices with more like toned down beats mm-hmm. they were literally trying their best to do what R&B in the 90s was doing, but they white. It literally is that. And I would say that the the song structures is very particular. Like I've shared this with y'all before, but pop music at that time, like Muse was saying, created the sound. Their bridges were always a flip of the chorus. So Mm -hmm. if you go back and listen to any pop song from this time, the bridge is the exact words of the chorus. They just changed the um the arrangement mm-hmm. and i loved it i used to love when they would flip it so smart because you singing tearing up my heart and then their bridges oh tearing up my heart when i'm with you and then the bridges tearing up my heart and soul we're apart i feel it too and no matter what i do i feel the pain with or without you and it's literally the chorus. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm glad. Loved it. The people need examples. Um, speaking of youth boy singing, Chris <laughs> Brown first album. We had so much faith in Chris Brown when he first started. <laughs> you know, it was this way. Yeah, what a way to go. Who knew it would go this way? Chris Brown debut album, two thousand five. Where do we even fucking start? Because that's another one that. Do, 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 do. A. Yeah. Y'all know. Yeah. I, I have confessed to singing yo to this girl I like on her answer machine previously on an episode. We don't have to. <laughs> I blocked that out. More. But that was a thing that happened. I loved this album. First of all, give me, na, 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 give me that. It was so many music, so many music. Mm. Poppin, Poppin is an unsung hit for me. I know it was a single at a certain point, but it was a deep cut for me at the time. And he then, didn't make a video, so it's still a deep cut to me. It's a video for Poppin? Twitter has been on a campaign to make him do a video for Poppin. There is no video for Poppin. I think that there was like a really well done fan clip or something because I could have sworn. Twitter yeah. been on his ass like Chris Brown. Where is the popping video? Maybe I'm thinking about a whole nother video. His sets be so similar in videos too. Now that I think about it, he it's always like a bank or like a. <laughs> when they um when we went to that R and B party um for my birthday, mm-hmm. when the DJ dropped popping, everybody lost it. <laughs> Say, 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 say. I was like, oh, Chris. Oh, yeah, that's with your girl. Say it to me. Ooh. 
It's something like, we were all young. I was in high school when that came out. Like, me and Chris Brown are the same age. But it was something like sexy in an innocent way about that song. And I just vibe with it. It's just like a groove. Also, dancing shit. I used to be catching the little beat. Oh, my God. Look, because you could really get in the pocket on that song. You really could. I mean, but we, we neglected to say. Mm-hmm. And when, uh, did you know that? Star just shot out the sky off of Run It. Like, immediately, Chris Brown was like the new guy in music. Mm-hmm. Because of Run It. Like, I was like, this not even his best song on the album. It's a cute little ying, 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 ying around the house. But. And then Judah Santana, I actually love Joe Santana. So his part was everything to me at the time. But I just, I don't know, listening to the album after that came out, I was like, wait, he came out with this joint first? Because there's some music on this album. Winner was my shit. Is This Love was my shit. Say goodbye. <laughs> You're stressed. Um, your man ain't me. Young love. Ain't. <laughs> Come on, ain't. I'm screaming. Your Man Ain't Me is one of my favorite songs on here, too, though. Yeah, Chris came out the gates smoking yeah. on this joint. Like, I know that we love Chris Brown. Like, we can hold his feet to the fire for everything wrong that he be doing. And we will continue. Please, and thank you forever and ever. Amen. But a very valid and stronghold that he has on me is his music. I just, I can't not listen to him. Well, we see what this new album going to give. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm not that hopeful. He's dropping a single, I think, next, this week coming up. So we'll see. I bashed his single, Iffy, from first listen. But I heard that joint out the other day, and it's not a bad song. I Chris don't have bad albums to me. He's not talking about nothing, though. He don't be talking about nothing. But it, it bumped in, a, in a, a loud music environment. He don't be talking about stuff on the songs that he put out as singles, though. So I can't usually... That's what I'm saying. Like, on that single, he not talking about nothing. Yeah, I can't use that as a, an indicator of what his album going to be like. I'm going I'm to give him a chance. Because I usually end up liking it. Now, slide on down to a legend. Shaka Khan. So Shaka Khan is funny because if y'all don't know, Shaka Khan is like my top five. She has an album called Shaka, and she got an album called Shaka Khan. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I'm that girl twice. She <laughs> uh, not? Okay. Listen, so I just want to, because I know the, like, the Shaka Khan album went under the radar. A lot of people don't know about it. But I do want to highlight a song that she has with um, Rick James. It's one of my favorite Shaka Khan songs ever. It's called Slow Dancing. Yo, now you know how we love Rick and Tina. But Shaka kind of slid on slow dancing with Rick James. So I want to shout that out. Um, but for people who, I think people more so know the Shaka album because it was her first album after being in Rufus. So it was her first solo album. And it had I'm Every Woman on it. So it's probably one of her best-selling um, albums easily because of that song. But um because I'm a stan. I also want to shout out my other favorite songs on this album, Roll Me Through the Rushes. Uh, shout out to Evan, because that's like one of his, that's probably his favorite Shaka Khan song. I love Evan. Um, Life is a Dance, Some Love, A Message in the Middle of the Bottom. Um, 
These yeah. song titles. Ooh, Shaka. We got the love, some love. Yeah, I love I love the Shaka album. I do love Shaka Khan album too, but I love, love, love the Shaka album. I don't think that we talk about Shaka's influence on a lot of artists specifically as much as we should. I agree. Erica Badu really want to be Shaka Khan. Bad. Like real, real, real bad. And she do it in such a clever way. I think people don't clock it. But if you know music, you know that some of those high-pitched hollers are a direct correlation to Shaka Khan. Yep. Let it see. Lion Babe. The girls want to be Shaka. Want to be Shaka. I love that. (laughs) Like her style is just so Lion Babe. Like Lion Babe is a young Shaka Khan aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Also her, she had a baby with the guy in the group yeah I love that and I love that people didn't know they was together you know um, privacy is my favorite oh come on um, in the words of Ryan Coogler be discreet <laughs> <laughs> how you gonna tell the teller be discreet that's her job <laughs> she about to be discreet stupid <laughs> Ryan Coogler made some choices on that day, but also we cannot act like that bank teller is not above reproach. Oh no, she gonna lose her job if she hasn't already. Like you, you handled that completely wrong. I'm gonna still laugh because he said be discreet. <laughs> That's her job. Also, you could tell he he hood because. He don't know how to write on a withdrawal slip. Like, you don't got to write all that on a withdrawal slip, baby. That's what all the little sections on the slip for. Why you write this whole um, serial killer note on the back? Ryan Coogler make enough money to just do private banking, but I also understand not wanting to pay that monthly or annual fee or whatever it is, because private banking is expensive as shit. If I get that rich, I'm never going in the bank. I'm sorry. Where is the help at? Yeah, it, it should have been one of those. It should have. A call could have been made to just, like, have a meeting or something as opposed to, I don't know. Everybody is crazy in the, everyone involved is nuts. Yeah. The teller, Kugler, everybody. The teller for sure. <laughs> I was listening to something. Yeah. I was like, well, of course he looked like a robber. It was a bank in Atlanta and he had on a mask. They not wearing those. <gasps> oh, I didn't know he was in Atlanta. Cause they feel oh, like- they give it context. They give it context. So anybody wearing no mask in Atlanta? <laughs> me and Ryan Coogler. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that at first either, but it makes sense because they filmed in Black Panther too. which I posted a tweet that kind of went viral this week. The, the, the cast is famous. Yeah, we went viral this week. <laughs> Several Where's times. Where's comedy special? Like, separate and apart from the cast, we went viral. But I tweeted that uh, Elon Noel... Daniel from Insecure should be Chadwick Boseman's replacement for Black Panther. And the gamer and Black uh, nerd side of Twitter is on my line in agreement, And I like that. I love that. I love people be on your line that you want on your line. Because you don't want nobody on your line ever. Family, friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We don't have to talk about it because I don't want to say anything incriminating or inflammatory. And that's my brand. So... More incriminating. So next on our list is Tony Braxton. Tony V. Braxton. Hmm. Her self-titled album is literally where the hits started. I just 
also want to start with the cover. The cover is Iconica. Iconica X rated. <laughs> it is. That is funny, but true. <laughs> Remember Beyonce did the little Instagram post as her for Halloween and her intern wrote that long, heartfelt, weird fire to people. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's getting fired. Should have been whoever wrote that. And then remember when somebody thought it was supposed to be Chris Jenner? <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with the internet? He won't be thinking anything. But that outfit is still relevant. Like, give me, give me a Levi, a Wrangler, oh, good wife beater, and a leather jacket. I'm ready. I love it still. And a 27-piece wig, because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Tony invented short hair, so. But open up the album, Another Sad Love Song. Yeah, she kind of unleashed. And also for like anybody that's young that's listening to the podcast or anybody who parents was not about to pay for no cable, (laughs) she had put out a visual album for this. Like she had a video for like almost all the songs and you could buy the VHS. We love anthologies and so you know i know we give miss subtitle beyonce a lot of life however tony did it as well and did it in 1993 so we have to give tony michelle of severin merlin her flowers (laughs) (laughs) i know that they are going through it right now for tracy like we said earlier in the show but the hits gonna get me through breathe again every time seven whole days Love should have brought you home. Should have. <laughs> you mean the world to me? Like these are these are just singles, y'all. And how many ways is all how the singles? Many ways. Let me count. Shit. I love counting. Ways. Like, did I say that already? Oh my god. Like, imagine having that many singles on your first album. All hits, no skips. <laughs> and you know, not to be that person, because I know the music snobs hate that person. We're like, your favorite song from that artist is on a first album, but I don't care. My favorite Tony Braxton song of all time is number four, Love Affair. I will fight anybody. That is my song. Since and this album came out, I was seven years old, and my favorite song was Love Affair at seven. Ah. Between you being four, reciting Mariah Carey like it's gospel, biblical text, and you being seven, crooning to Love Affair, I have so many questions. I'm learning so much about stuff. Love Affair. I don't. <laughs> I was in third grade, like, nope, don't want it. You knew early on. Huh, okay, you have to set your standards early. <laughs> no, your deal breaker stalls. Hmm. You have to. I could go on for seven whole days, about seven whole days. And not, and not a word. <laughs> that is crazy. Like, we're not talking no more. Like, after like four, not even four, after like three days, if you're not locked up, I don't even know you. <laughs> like, the number gets deleted. What do you mean? Uh, uh, yeah. Heartfelt and heartbroken. <laughs> Nothing in my brain like crazy. Ah. Up. Yeah. Be it fast or what? Slow. Slow. And it doesn't let go. 
<laughs> or shape <laughs> me. You have to let them know it don't let go and it don't shape me either. Oh my God. <laughs> Here comes the strings. That's my part. When she said, Here come the strings, then somebody sings. I love when people call out the instruments that's about to happen. <laughs> I know. You hear it. <laughs> Only takes one beat, then it start killing me. Oh God, who wrote that? Somebody fingers are bloody from this album, like no shame. Just another lonely. I keep doing this because it's our show and I can do what I want, but we gonna put Khalees was here up here as well. An album, enter yeah. me into college. What was that? Two thousand six, two thousand seven was a time for music because we got. Wait, you- I mean, you know, I be forgetting the math on when you started Clark. You started in 06. Mm-hmm. I graduated from Duke at June 2006. We started school at Clark in like August. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. August or September 2006. And then B Day, Khalees was here. I feel like Nas Barkley. All of that shit came out right then. Oh, work. Music. Um, that was a five year because graduation came on. I was graduating a year, so it was kind of like turning it for me personally. Tina turning it to be exact. Um, Kalisa's is that girl. I just want to start there, like foundationally. Like, I just want to say that. Let's just be true here. Let God be true quickly. Quickly, <laughs> Kalise was here. Listen, all shit. Write the song, Chanel. <laughs> you love Chanel. Where is Chanel? Oh, I need to find out. Hmm. Come, on come on the cast. So come on the cast, because she literally wrote everything. But she definitely wrote all shit featuring Smoke on Khalees' album. Love that song. My favorite song on here is probably Like You. I don't just like you. I like you, like you, yeah. Khalees voice is just so sexy to me. You know, you know them candles that that smell like leather and cognac and warm. You know, I love Tom Ford. Give me an old Tuscan leather throat box. That's what it sounds. That's what her voice sounds like to yeah. me. I like that. It's musical here. Trilogy, Circus, Little Star, also written by CeeLo. Oh yeah, Little Star. Okay, so Khalees was here. I never really gave it a lot of life because, again, like, I think I was wrapped up in other things. But I will say Blindfold Me is now and forever. Oh, yeah. Fashion show song of the year every year. I'm screaming. Storm. And, like, let's not forget the impact that Khalees was here had because bossy. Everybody had the bossy cut. Right. Like, you are really the baddest if you sit in the middle of your video in a bed that's in a yard cutting your curls off. She, she opened up that video. I'm going to do that. Was her sitting on the bed dancing like this, that for me. <laughs> that fire-ass bodysuit that she had, she had legendary Damon in the video. It was a moment, Rip. for sure. But then the Blindfold Me video also did take me to another place, take me to a better land. And her and Nas, before like we found out what it truly gave, I, they were my favorite couple. 
Oh, hands down. Because I was like, the hipster girl and the street nigga, like, perfect. Like, goals, honestly. Truly. <laughs> it was goals, truly. <laughs> but no, yeah, it gave that. Did. If I was an artist, I would want to be a semblance of a Khalees. And I would want a husband that has to give, but not the life of a Nas. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They were the perfect pair. They were until, like, it wasn't. Yeah, because we. And not for nothing, you know. I now I think about it. I was still living in the overflow of Wonderland, so I think that's why I didn't like fully tap in because I still was like, well, is Wonderland coming, or am I going to live off of this burnt CD for the rest of my life? <laughs> Yeah, Wonderland is like the hidden gem of Khalees' discography, and that thing really was only released overseas. But if you know, you know, and I keep saying this, the girls that get it, get it, and the girls that don't, don't. Obviously, you don't get it, because you're not that girl. I got the album. I'll send it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Muse is not going to read without offering a solution, okay? Listen, a friend, a confidant, that is funny. Everything is, honestly. I think we are drawing down to our last person on the list. Oh. Our last doll, but she's the dolls of, of self-sizing, self-title <laughs> albums. <laughs> Faith Renee Evans. Baby, Faith, the word Faith in all Faith albums. <laughs> she only has one album, two albums that don't got Faith in it. Oh, wait, never mind. Two. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, one. Sorry, one. So 1995 is Faith. 1998, Keep the Faith. Oh. 2001, Faithfully. 2005, A Faithful Christmas. Fizzy, <laughs> <laughs> do whatever she wants. 2005, The First Lady. Oh, wait. Yes, it's two, no. Wait. Okay, yeah, it is two albums. Um, 2005, The First Lady. 2010, Something About Faith. 2012, Faith Evans, R&B Divas. Ugh. 2014, Incomparable. Faith plays. <laughs> and I, I like that. I was literally stuck just now. Like, I didn't even know what to say. Like, one, two, three. I mean, and the, only, the only album that don't got the word Faith in it is the one that I don't really give too much. I'm not, I'm not a big First Lady fan. I know you love that album. That's R&B Twitter's favorite Faith album. No, it's not mine. Faithfully is randomly my favorite Faith album. Faithfully go off, I get it. <laughs> Faith is so nuts. Like, when you look at it and you're scrolling, you're like, she's actually crazy. Who, girl, <laughs> love it, though? Brandon. It is really, really, really crazy that she did that. Like, what do we even talk about on this section? Because all of her music is under the category. well we gotta really give her props for her entire discography aside from two albums Faye is nuts okay so i guess we could just say what our favorite Faye songs are since they're on every album it's called (laughs) Faye. okay go my favorite Faye songs are i have a lot you know i love Faye. don't be afraid reasons all this love Caramel Kisses. I'm trying to look what's all on these albums. That's my favorite. Burn It Up Remix with everybody. Everybody. Just Blaze, Missy, Diddy. Do Your Time, Ghetto Song, Love It to Death. <sighs> all brand. 
Because I'm going to do your time with you. I'm not, but somebody will. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I think those are like my favorite Faith songs that are on albums that say Faith. <laughs> I mean, I literally sent the group chat video clips of Never Gonna Let You Go video a couple nights ago. In the middle of the night. So I was like, is Muse well? Like, what? Is he okay? Like, it was going through something? Like, it was just on. (laughs) I was fine. It was just on. But that is one of the top love songs of my life. I don't give a fuck. That song, those lyrics, she's everything. Like, you was really in love with somebody when you wrote that Faith B. Was. And we should also re-mention that what you just said, that Faith be writing her own songs, y'all. Like, Faith is like an all-around talent. Yeah. And like she be reaching back down into the younger crowd too, because that girl Gwen Bunn. Oh yeah, she do got that song with Gwen Bunn. And they actually play it a lot still. It's not that new, but they play it a lot still on like Sirius XM. Oh, for real? Yeah, but Sirius XM no music. Like that the heat station, bomb and shit. They got another one that's like like it's got the word wave in it or something like that. They have some very good R and B programming. On oh. Mind you, I'm not getting Sirius XM again until I get a Tesla, but we'll talk about that offline. But um, shout out to Faith because Faith's been consistent. Somebody posted a video of her from that um, Femme Forward show last night, and Faith sounded and looked it good. She be sounded good. I love when people's voices mature appropriately and it don't sound bad with the new music. Do that make sense? Yeah. I mean, it don't yeah. bad with the old music. Like, they can still sing all of their songs, even though their voice has changed. Because I almost cried when we was down to the Dale East and she performed, like, most of the songs. My yeah, just, you know, at the we, we joke on this cast about me crying all the time because I'm not emotional at all, but music really will bring a tear. Yeah, but yeah, no, Faith is everything. I love her. I'm, I hope that she is get stays far away from um, CBJ. Uh, he's literally a bad person. And a sexual deviant. I don't understand how he's not on someone's sex offender list. Granted, I do have a very creepy fascination with him, but I still think he needs to be under the jail. That interview clip that just came out of him, he's literally getting head at the time of the, why are you answering these questions and pushing this girl's head down like that? Stephen J, enough. That's why Faith is divorcing him. Cause remember that, that like he like unleashed some video like cursing her out in the hotel room or something? Oh yeah. I did know about that. And it's like Faith is so, I mean, whatever. Faith is, has gone through things, but Faith is still above that. Yeah, she is. Like, I'm sorry, you don't name six albums about yourself after yourself if you're <laughs> not the one. <laughs> they know what time it is. Emily, and just for her contributions to Mary's career alone, I'm going to stand. Hello, let's talk with the people that want to talk, but let's talk. I, I think I told you about this, but there was some fan fiction ruminating about the possibility of a versus between them two. And I just, I don't want to talk about it. Mm. It's never going to happen, so I'm not even going to, like, even spend no brain power on what I think will happen, because... I also don't want to break the group chat up again, because Keisha Cole versus Ashanti had us at odds. Yeah, it was real bad in the chat. <laughs> like, for weeks. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> we had a rough 2021 as a group chat. <laughs> we were falling out about a lot of stuff. 
we just got back on good time. <laughs> I talked every day and was mad. <laughs> I was actually shocked at how many people just wasn't on my team. Was not. And then people was, it was a lot last year with the chat. People was lying while listening to albums. It was a lot. <laughs> exactly. Remember, and we fell out on the cast that we were the <laughs> only two that went through with that. Excuse me, Mark Madden. Confession. <laughs> they said that show on the low. I screamed. Uh, Come on the cast group chat. Yeah, the R&B scholars need to be on trial at this point. <laughs> there are allegations and charges to be brought. But Tanashi always brings us back together, so that's nice. As a family, we love a motivic through line. <laughs> Maybe. Come on, big words. <laughs> well, to stay on theme with today's episode, Steph- final word is basically size yourself like not to be self-absorbed but be self-absorbed like who's gonna beat your ass nobody <laughs> so give yourself life and self size all the time like whenever stuff be happening good to me it's because i deserve it and you know what when good stuff happens to y'all it's because y'all deserve it so be um i'll say be a bitch i'm not gonna say that <laughs> you were about to it was forming in your lips <laughs> Cut that part out. (laughs) No. So, be assertive, be yourself, and be a self-sicer. It's everything. I love it here. I love it here, too. I come from a place of Libra. We're ruled by Venus, and Aphrodite was very into herself. Like, not to be vain, but vanity helps me stay out of trouble, actually. (laughs) No shade. You just got to put yourself first. You have to put yourself first. I gotta, I gotta put, put me first, first Lucius. I gotta put, I gotta put me first. first. I gotta put me first, Lucius. I feel it. I feel it daily. Felt it. Will always feel it. She was like, oh, she's feeling it. Yeah, she is feeling it. <laughs> feel it, feel it, feel it. Come on and feel it. How are you? How are you doing? Feeling it. Feeling it? <laughs> uh, that's another episode for the books, y'all. I'm screaming. <laughs> Bye. Oh. <sighs>